Hello everyone, it's Supreme Leader Rosenbrand, and I'm here with Matster of the Knights of Ren. <laughs> and the melancholy of Zachary Suzumiya. Oh, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> I still don't really know what that is. Anyways. Did you just call me Zachary Suzumiya? Fuck you. No, I called you the melancholy of Zachary Suzumiya. God, he's the full title. Yeah. Th- this is the grossest I've ever felt. God knows you feel gross. Oh, oh. <laughs> those, oh. those are the only two things I know about that show. I think also there's Actually, the, time. the time loop thing that pissed everyone off. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're Do you want here... me to dig out my DVDs? Oh. Welcome to our oh, you watched spoiler it? cast, everyone. <laughs> Oh yeah, I no. When I was a when I was a young when I was a young lad when I was a youngling. <laughs> oh no, I I had a I had a phase. It was one of the first animes I really got into, actually, other than Death Note and stuff. Damn. Okay. That's... Jesus, what a fucking start to this bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, two years ago, uh, literally almost two years ago, I'm pretty sure. We uh, got Matt on to talk Star Wars Force Awakens with us right after that movie came out. And we thought we'd make this a tradition. So we have Matt back to talk to us about The Last Jedi, which we all saw yesterday. Well, Zach, you saw it today. Matt, yeah, you saw it yesterday, right? Ignore the fact that we didn't do this for Rogue One. No, I saw it two days ago. Okay, then I saw it yesterday. So we saw it three days in a row all together. Yep. <laughs> um, I've seen it I, I every day point- since. I want to point something out about that episode that, like, I don't know if Matt noticed, but I'm pretty sure that was the first time we, like, talked. It was. So... I did notice. Yeah. That that episode of WAF was the first time me and Matt ever talked. And, yep. like, we've been in, like, a, a Skype group together for a while now, and it's just kind of funny. <laughs> hey, don't don't watch that WAF episode. <laughs> no. It's no, fine. Just kidding. It's good. Watch uh, it. This is, the no, new, this is the new and improved one. I finally, finally podcast. I want to make. We're gonna subvert a lot of the expectations from that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I want to make a chart of all the people that have met through me, (laughs) like each other through me. You know. Yeah. I need to turn my volume down. Sorry if I was clipping my mic. Anyways, live podcast editing. We're not live. We're so live. (laughs) All right, guys. Everyone in the Twitch chat, let me know how you feel. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was last time. Okay, so we do have some things to talk about. Keeping with tradition, Matt played a Xenoblade game because he was so excited about Star Wars. I guess. It's true. How's Xenoblade 2? I always knew it was going to be good, but like this game just has more stuff surrounding it that I'm not a fan of. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, those designs are ugly. Ah. So the one thing I keep hearing, because uh, I hear about video games a lot in my life. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Uh, the one thing I keep hearing is a lot of people saying that like it just feels like a good classic PS2 era RPG. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. It's got a lot of the same clunk. Yeah. But it, it's I, not yeah. in a strictly bad way. Yeah, no, that's meant to be a a positive statement. Like, if you miss traditional JRPGs, you know? No, yeah, like, I think it has the positives and negatives of that kind of um, (laughs) era JRPG. It's it's a fun time, but some of the stuff is very puzzling. 
Like, yeah. there's this, it's, um, compass system is just one of the worst I've ever had the, un, like, misfortune to deal with. It's really bad. But, like, other stuff is just, it's so fun, and it kind of hits that sweet spot of, like, yeah, this is really schlocky, but it's good schlocky. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not as it's not as aggressively open world as X was, right? No, it's definitely a lot closer to um, just Xenoblade Chronicles than X. Okay, I think I have a problem because I had I don't think I would talked about this on WAF or really anywhere other than Twitter and Skype. I have I met this guy through work who really likes JRPGs and is very odd i like i'm talking like the first time he met he started interrogating me about who the villain of jack and the beanstalk was odd um and i met him again recently just out of sheer coincidence we haven't be same place for work at the same time and we're talking i was just like you know small talking with him or whatever he's like yeah i got any jrpgs you're playing as of late i'm like oh not not right now, exactly, even though that was a lie. I just kind of didn't want to talk to him. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I picked up Xenoblade 2. I'm really excited. To, I'm going to try to beat that while I have some time off for Christmas and stuff. And then, like, he was going into how he really liked the combat, but, like, he really didn't like the uh, character designs. And I think he said <laughs> something. Okay, so, yeah, now that I think about it, the last time he talked to me, he said a lot about how, like, he volunteered at his church a lot. Like, I think he was from, um, I want to say he was from Vietnam and he moved here and he converted to Christianity, but he said that he, he thought the, um, the character designs did not (laughs) sit well with his faith or something like that. And I was just like, oh God, I want out of this conversation so bad. (laughs) Like, I don't like the designs either, but I, (laughs) for for different reasons, um, so yeah, that was. I think I'm always gonna think of that man when I think of <laughs> Xenoblade Two now. I uh, will say that they look better in games than they do in the trailers. That's good, at least. Yeah, like the, I was really critical of the art style pre-release, but I think it's actually pretty decent in practice, which really surprised me. It's also probably one of those things that the more you play, the less weird it feels. You just get used to it. Yeah. Well, I, even I, early on, though, like, I was surprised by it. It's not that bad. I think it's just the fact that it's so different from the last one, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hey, the last one didn't look too great in the character department either. Oh, just in a yeah, different kind of way. I, I feel like I would rather take that style, though, than this one, just because, like... I don't know. Like, they're both dull and generic in different ways. I think X's, like, overall aesthetic just fit my... I would rather have that dull and generic than mm-hmm. anime, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. I still think but... the first one, aesthetically, is the best looking, though. Yeah. And even I that think... one, I know some people don't care for, and I, I can see why. I think what stands out, like, the most to me with this one um i think they can achieve it because of that surprising anime aesthetic they went with here is like the colors look really good like they pop very well especially in cutscenes, which are like surprisingly well directed 
in mm. that kind of like PS2 JRPG way, especially. That's good. And, yeah, like I don't really think they could have done it with X's art style. Like it's it's mostly really vibrant and it just looks nice. Mm-hmm. What uh, what rare blade do you got? Hmm. So. The way it works is that you get these core crystal drops, like, hey, you beat a boss, you're probably going to get a rare one, is the way I've noticed it's worked out so far, but, like, some other enemies drop them sometimes. So, it's like gotcha, so you have to roll. I don't actually know what the rates are, but I've rolled maybe five rare core crystals, and I've gotten two rare blades out of it. So, one of them is... I don't even know how to describe it. She's, like, got a bare nose and, like, magma shoes. <laughs> and these two little dragon blue-like colored familiars on her neck. And she, the weapon, like, every time you get a new um, blade, you get, like, a different weapon. So hers are, like fist claw kind of weapons it's it's a really poor design mm. like it's just bad i'm also and just a... kind of confused why they felt the need to add gotcha elements to this game in general <laughs> well i can tell you one thing every single person i have talked to is only trying to get one and it's the one they can't get uh, cosmos <laughs> yeah yeah I thought I got her for a second, and I got really excited, and hey, I was disappointed. I got a special edition of that game sitting aside for me when I uh, get my Switch, so. Nice. Man, I saw that special edition at work today, and I was like, oh, maybe I should have gotten that. That looks really nice. I don't know, but and then the other rare blade I got is fine, but it's not a great design either. It's just not terrible. I don't know. It's it's fun. It's dumb though. It's probably the would you say it's probably the best RPG on Switch at least right now? Cuz I mean it's competing with Setsuna and like Rabbids if you count that and like <laughs> What about Zelda? And like Romancing Saga 2. And I like that game, but mm. I mean, I haven't played any of those, but like I did play Zelda. Yeah. And I have a lot of problems with it, but I think it's a good game. Like, I'm still pretty early in Xenoblade, so it's hard for me to say, but I think the appeal between those two games, even though they're both open world, is, like, extremely different. Yeah. Like, if you're just looking for open world RPGs on the Switch, I don't think I could really... Not that I wouldn't recommend it, but say if you, like, Zelda, or if you like Xenoblade, I don't think I could recommend the other one on the basis of you liking one of those. Nah, just buy Skyrim. Yes. Yeah, you could do that. Support Todd Howard. <laughs> Zach, what have you been doing? Um, I... So, other than the things I mentioned last time, I've done two things, and both of them is watch television. <laughs> um... I have two shows that I've been watching, the first of which is actually a show within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's not on Netflix, you it's on You fucking Hulu. hypocrite. <laughs> it's on Hulu. Okay. It's not one of the Netflix ones. 
Uh, it's called Runaways. Um, oh. Yeah, so I had been told about that comic book a while back, and I've always meant to check it out, and I had not heard they were doing a TV show about it at all. I, same, actually. I, I had a friend, I think in high school, who really liked that book. Yeah, they're like six episodes into a ten-episode season. Like, it's almost over. Oh. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been airing, apparently, um, on Hulu. I, and I haven't seen anyone talking about it. Like, no one. And that's a shame, because it's really good. Now, huh, Run- nice. Runaways is different. Runaways ain't the X-Men no thing that's the gifted one i think right there's like three x-men shows going on (laughs) yeah there's like a lot of marvel not netflix things happening on like tv in various places and like i can't i don't know for a while there i thought legends of tomorrow was supposed to be runaways but then i realized like wait no that's dc uh yeah no run um runaways so for anyone that doesn't know I'm not going to eat super into it, but uh, the basic premise is that it's a bunch of teenagers who used to hang out together, um, but when one of them died, they kind of drifted apart and grew into their own little corners of, you know, teenage high school BS. Um, Some of the dialogue there, not the best. There's a lot of cringy stuff of like, oh, you don't know how to rate teenagers. Um, <laughs> it is. I, I posted this on Twitter, but we now have a story within the Marvel Cinematic Universe where the term social justice warrior is used. I saw Ooh. that and I was like, <laughs> in what fucking. So that's Runaways. Um, but getting past that stuff, and to be fair, it's only really bad in the beginning. Um, it turns out really good. So the kids get back together, and uh, I guess this is going to be mild spoilers for episode one, but this is kind of in the premise, like, they show this in the trailers and stuff, so it's not that, like, big of a spoiler. Um, They all get together, and there's some talks about uh, their parents also get together to do a thing, and they end up accidentally stumbling upon their parents' meeting, and it's like a ritual sacrifice. Nice. And they, they discover that their parents are part of this evil villain group, and it's kind of them freaking out and figuring out how they handle that and what to do and where to go. So uh, it's very different from other Marvel stuff, but at the same time, it also feels a bit more fun and fresh than the Netflix stuff, which has gotten very monotonous and tired, in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, I really recommend everyone check out Runaways if you've got Hulu. Um, a lot of fun, really. And I, I'm really curious to see where it goes. Uh, the characters all discover stuff about themselves. It deals with topics sometimes well, sometimes not so well. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious where that goes. Uh I the might other. actually check. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> I uh, I might too, but I still want to catch up with other TV things I'm watching. Yeah, that's right. You're you're still going through Twin Peaks, right? Yeah, and actually, I was gonna. Re- I well, I wasn't gonna reference that because I forgot about it. Uh, I yeah, like I'm going through Twin Peaks season two, and I'm like two episodes before it apparently goes to shit. So I'm excited to see how it all falls apart. 
So, I've talked about my sicknesses before. Mm -hmm. And last night at 2 a.m., I made a really bad life choice. Oh, no. And I started watching Smallville. Oh. Oh. Um, um, Why? So... I'm caught up on all the DC shows currently airing, and I don't like any of them. All okay. of them? All of them. That's a lot. It's like four or five. Oh. That's... Um... Oh. So... You did, like, remember... their wedding crossover thing they did recently? It's so bad. Dude, it was so bad. There was this one girl who, like, I... I think... I can't... I... I she friended me we like sat next to each other in a college class and like she would not stop posting about that fucking wedding crossover thing and that's the only reason i know about it but like ah <laughs> like i i kind of wanted to like i don't know if facebook has the equivalent of a mute just because i log into facebook once a month but it does okay well i should have <laughs> used it i didn't look i just logged out instead all right because so... better Forget talking about Star Wars. I'm now going to spend an hour talking about the wedding crossover. Um, yes. No. Uh, so, anyway, I remember when I was a, a kid and uh, Smallville was airing. Because for those who don't know, somehow, Smallville is a show that aired from 2001 to 2011 about uh, the origins of Superman. So Superman is like a, as a, like a teenager going through Dawson's Creek-esque shenanigans and love triangles and all that other bullshit while also discovering powers. I remember um, when it ended because even though I didn't, like, I've seen maybe seven episodes of Smallville in my life. Like, th there yeah. would be times where I've, I sat down and it was just on and I watched it. And, like, when it ended in 2011, I was like, oh. Like. Like it was still around? Well. Yeah. That, but also, too, like, I don't, like, I legitimately could not remember a moment in my life up until that point where someone hadn't referenced, like, oh, so I saw on Smallville last week. Like, it was always just that thing that was kind of there, to some degree, and when it ended, it was like, oh, well, I guess they had a run. <laughs> but So, for me, it was the opposite, where... I remember when Smallville started, and I actually think I watched a fair bit of the first season as a kid, just because it was on, and like, hey, when I was a kid, we only had like four or five channels, so I watched a lot of that kind of bullshit. That's where I saw a lot of Buffy and Angel and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of which, definitely Smallville belongs in the same cheesy camp as Buffy and Angel, so um, that era of TV, you know? Mm-hmm. But after season one, I never heard of that show again and forgot it existed. And when I discovered that it ran for ten years, I was like, hold on, there's ten years of this show? <laughs> and I kind of, like, I kind of have to know, because I found out, like, later on, like, the fucking, like, Green Arrow and Flash and Supergirl show up. Oh. And, like, apparently they start fighting, like, Brainiac and Zod. And I'm like... What I remember of that show is, like, Monster of the Week teenage drama of, like, don't get close to my girlfriend, punk, you know? Like, so, <laughs> I need to know. 
So I turned on Smallville and I'm on like episode three. So I heard from someone that apparently the writers or like at least some of the people that were involved with Smallville throughout the years are making that new Teen Wolf thing. Oh, that's is been that going them? On. Apparently. Oh. I don't know how accurate that is. I never looked it up myself, but that's what someone told me. Yeah. So anyway, I don't recommend Smallville. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see where that one goes. You know what I've stands. You know what I've always thought of as the anti-Smallville and that it was there for like a fucking month and then no one gave a shit. What? Heroes. Oh, dude. Heroes is a tragedy. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Zach, did you know Heroes came back to finish up recent, like, not recently, but like a year or two back? So, did it actually finish up? Because my understanding is that they actually tried to make it like a comeback and then it just got canned again. So, I heard that every loose plot thread got wrapped up, but they had, like, every loose plot thread got wrapped up, apparently, but they still had, like, some hooks for, like, if they wanted to go on, but everyone's just was like, no, this shouldn't have come back, because this sucks, sort of thing. Yeah. Like, it just was really bad. Heroes. Heroes is one of those shows that, like, it started with legit potential, and then it was very clear that the writers did not have the competence to match, you know? Like, It it went downhill pretty fast. Anyway. Just like the Marvel Netflix shows. <laughs> hey! Remember when this was a Marvel Netflix podcast? Yeah. yeah. Now it's a Marvel Hulu podcast. <laughs> Everyone, please watch The Runaways. It's really good, I promise. Anything else? Just oh, that's me. Just running away. I got two things to talk about. Keeping with, like, things that are actual media talk, I'm just going to talk about something I watched real quick, other than Twin Peaks. So this morning, I found a reference to a film called Begotten, somewhere on the internet. And alongside of this came a creepy image. Now, I'm going to warn y'all, it's kind of fucking creepy, but if you just Google image search Begotten, you'll see the shit that I saw. And I was like, I think I need to see this. And then I learned it's some artsy-fartsy shit, and I was like, huh, I bet this is going to be some dumb edgy thing that I'm really going to like, because that's kind of who I am. Oh my god, that was the most boring fucking thing in the world. I have not fast-forwarded through a movie in years, but holy shit, I, I actually reached for my remote and just started speeding up scenes. So it's it's a black. It was made in 1990 by some like stu, like film student dude who said like it came to him in a vision he had when he was in a car crash or something. That shit. is some creepy shit. Can confirm. Yeah. That's actually disappointing that it's bad because that looks super cool. It yeah, like that image is fucking creepy as shit. I'm yeah. imagining y'all are seeing the black and white dude in the chair yep. with the blood on him. Okay, yep. so that is the first like seven minutes of the movie. Um. That is God sitting down in a chair in the corner of a room and disemboweling himself. Oh. And there's, like, creepy-ass noises playing. The dude is wearing a really cool mask where, like, he he has eye holes and it cuts in on the look of, like, pain in his eyes. But, like, he has no mouth. And, like, it, it's, like, this weird, like, cross between, like, having, like, 
some like facial detail, but like it's not entirely a blank slate, but like it kind of looks like it from far away. Uh, so like God disembowels himself, and like it's really fucking creepy, and there's some gross ass noises, and it goes on for a while, and I was like, what the fuck is this building up to? And then like out of God's guts comes like Mother Earth. And then the movie immediately goes downhill because Mother Earth just starts, like, walking around the room. And I was like, oh, this is just gonna be it. Then Mother Earth starts, like, doing the nasty with God's corpse. Oh. And then she gives birth to the son of Earth, who is, like, heavily implied to be Jesus. And then they go out in the, like, forest. And then, like, nomads, like, kill them. Well, like, the nomads kill Jesus, and then Jesus comes back, and then they kill him again, and then, like, they rape Mother Earth, and, like, it's just an hour of the most pretentious ass, like, there are some sound effects and, like, slight, like, gross-out guttural noises at some points of, like, man, you thought this was really fucking deep, didn't you? And it's just really bad. And it's so fucking slow. Like, there are points where, like, Jesus is just getting beaten. And I was like, I I get it. And I just started fast-forwarding. And it was just, it's bad. It's not good. Yeah. Just literally Google image search begotten. And you'll probably, (laughs) probably get more out of it than actually watching the movie. Because, like, gotta give it credit. If it was just the first seven minutes, it'd be some creepy shit. Can we get your JRPG friend's opinion on this? (laughs) i would also like to know (laughs) it it sounds really dumb and edgy yeah it's really stupid apparently also too he made like a spiritual successor like 15 years later that was on like i got it I, i can't remember what it was on but like it played on tv and it was called like the celestial like den of birds or some shit i don't fucking know but like it it, he made some other weird bullshit like this so i don't know but yeah it was it was boring um then the other thing is uh i don't know if either of you were in the skype call while it was happening but i saw on twitter someone post hey if you log into your uplay account you can claim assassin's creed 4 black flag on pc for free right now and i thought eh, what the heck i never use uplay but whatever so I log into Uplay, and I notice something very odd about my account. The yeah. first thing I noticed is that my username was like a jumble of letters that I'm not going to repeat. Um, and I thought, huh, maybe I just never got around to changing my username and that, like, maybe they just give you a, like, an assortment of jumbled letters as the default, Right. Is this a creepy pasta? I, I I was there for this. It, it's kind of I, a creepy I was pasta. Not, I was not there for this. So <laughs> I then go onto the homepage and it says that I'm like level seventeen on UPlay, and I'm want what the fuck? What what did I do? So I look through my account history and notice that for like a few days in November, I like leveled up seven times in Rainbow Six Siege which I have never played in my life. Um, I, also, too, uh, I, like, 
your Uplay history goes fucking back, and I, like, I went all the way back to, like, 2013 or whatever the fuck Far Cry 3 came out, because that's when my Uplay account got created. It goes way back. So I just look through, and, like, everything looks normal or fine or whatever, and then you just get to this random day in October where, like, shit starts happening, and I went, oh, I got fucking hacked. Um... So I immediately, and also I noticed on my friends list, which I've never friended anyone on Uplay, I have three friends. So I blocked those fuckers, I changed my username, I immediately changed my password and enabled two-factor authentication. And I'm just like, huh. And then like I just kind of went to bed, and the next morning I called Uplay customer support. I told them the exact story I told you guys, and the guy on the other line goes, okay, yeah, it should be good. And, like, I worked customer support for, like, tech stuff. I don't want to ever be that guy who gives people a hard time. Because it's a fucking rough job, and, like, I don't ever want to cause people problems. But I'm, like, sh- should I be worried that I got, like, like I mean, my none of my payment stuff was hooked up to it. But I'm, like, sh- like I-, I-, I got packed, you know? He's, like, nah, just, just two factors gonna is fine. And then, like, he just kind of hung up on me. And, like, I'm oh. sorry, but that was the worst fucking customer service experience I think I've ever had. I was shocked. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I was shocked. I, I would, okay. But, um, so I looked it up. Hey, uh, just fair warning to anyone. If you've ever played a Ubisoft game that you may have created a Uplay account for, and, like, hey, it's easy for some of those to forget, because sometimes they, like... Because I think Far Cry 3 was like this. Like, they ask you to create an account, and then they just never bring it up again. Um, they've had a few security breaches since, like, 2011, I want to say. Um, and people just sell your account info. Because I looked at... This is, like... This problem, I don't want to say is frequent, but it's, like, frequent enough that I have seen various message board. Like, I went and I just Googled this issue. And people on message boards as far back as, like, 2012 have been reporting the same thing happening. Where, like, someone will just, like, hack their account and then sell their account. Because it's like, oh, hey, this person has, like, 16 games. So, like, if I sell this person's, like, login info for, like, you know, 20 bucks, someone gets 16 games and, you know, whatever. Um, So, maybe check up on that if you played a Ubisoft game ever in the past, like, decade. What's um, weird to me is that they never changed your password. Yeah. I, honestly, good thing they didn't. Um, I mean, I've had two-factor enabled on Google for a while, but, like, fuck, I, like, I don't know if they tried logging into my Google at all, because, like, that login info was the same, which terrified me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I usually have two-factor enabled, just, I mean, like... I kind of figured at some point that I do things on the internet publicly. At some point, someone's going to try hacking me, so I might as well do two-factor early just to be safe. Um, So I'm not worried about anything else being gotten. But, like, yeah, I'm happy he didn't change my password. I mean, I could have just... Or email, actually, for that matter. But, I mean, he, he wouldn't have had access to my email, so I guess that doesn't matter. But... um, But the one thing is that I... Before I changed my name to Rosenbran, I just real quickly did a Google search for this dude's name. Some fucking 16-year-old from Germany who has a really shitty YouTube channel playing, like, Ubisoft games. 
<laughs> I was waiting for him to say this. <laughs> I couldn't believe, and I was like, I really want to chew this asshole out real bad right now, but I'm like, nah, he's not even worth it. Not even worth it. Uh, and I also confirmed, so I clicked on a few of his videos, and I noticed that in his various videos, it is very... So I don't I don't know jack shit about German as a language, but you can very clearly tell it's the same dude talking. He is very clearly playing the same game in multiple videos, but has a different username in many of them. So I yeah. think he just has, like, ten of these in his fucking pocket. <laughs> Oof. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I debated, like, messaging the people that I was quote-unquote friends with to be like, hey, what the fuck? But I was just like, yeah. nah, I'm just going to block these people, and I'm just going to do whatever. But, I mean, I'm, like, level 6 in Rainbow Six Siege, and I've never played it before now, so that's cool, I guess. Nice! Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm glad I caught this when I did, because, like... It, I think it was like the like around Halloween time and like early into November he played like maybe like four or five times or something. Like he was he wasn't very active. He just, you know, had like a few days worth of stuff. But yeah. So yeah, check your Uplay and shit. Man, speaking of two factor, I had to turn on all on all of my stuff. I I know I talked about it on a previous wasp that like an email got hacked and they like got into my PSN and my uh, PayPal and everything. Yeah. Um, it happened feeling. again, oh. uh, where I went onto my PSN and they were in there again. So I, I changed all the passwords again and I switched, I, I made a new email on Gmail. I switched everything over to that. And then I turned on two factor on everything and it hasn't happened since. Good. Two factor every, like every time someone's like, oh, I would enable two factor, but it's so annoying. Dude, you are like, just do it. Sure, it's a pain in the ass, and you need to have your phone near you all the time, but, like, it will save you. Like, that's better than getting your fucking credit card stolen. You know, like, just do it. It's, I should probably enable that. It's a good idea. Yeah. This has been the, like, year of cybersecurity issues for us, Zach, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been quite a hacking-themed year. Yeah, just like DJ from The Last Jedi... In theaters uh, now. Oh, oh. Oh. Do we want oh. to talk about The Last Jedi now? No. Yeah. Let's talk about Force Awakens. Okay. What's everyone's favorite Force Awakens moment? You know what? Actually, that's not a bad idea, Matt. <laughs> I was, hey, yeah. No. Two, two years out, how does everyone feel about Force Awakens? I get the people that are like it's too similar. I still like it a lot. Yeah. I I, uh, I love that movie. I, I like it really more good. now than then now, I think. Uh, I can I, agree with that. I think, I will say that like I do like that movie a lot, but I think I have more to say once we kind of get into The Last Jedi a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and just, just to recap, because Matt was not mad. Matt, you don't care much for Rogue One, and Zach, you... You were like, it's good, and then you kind of cooled on it after, like, a month or so, yeah. right? I, I, I definitely cooled on that movie. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's very good anymore. Oh. It, you know, it's not that it's a bad movie, it's just that it kind of feels nothing to me. Yeah, it's fair. I, that, that's my exact same feeling on it, pretty much. 
I, uh, I, I dig it. I enjoy the... Actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about the portrayal of the Rebels in that movie and what I like about the portrayal of the Resistance in this movie. Um, and also, too, I like... I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting take. But also, too, like I don't think it's quote-unquote necessary to see at the same time. So... But yeah, let's talk about Last Jedi. So do right. we want to do round table general? Imp- okay. Do you mind if I start with just we we can do like a quick like short? How did you feel walking out of the theater? N- non spoiler. Non spoiler. Yeah, let's right, do non spoiler right. stuff in general. Um. So here's my. Mm, okay. So I guess I should clarify before I went in. I. I don't really care if I get spoiled on stuff. Like, I've been very upfront about this before, but, like, I mean, I figured, like, I'm going to see this anyways. I'm not going to, like, look up that much. I honestly, like, I I didn't avoid trailers, but, I mean, if I saw a trailer, I didn't, like, look away or anything like a lot of people do. Um, so I wasn't, like, I, I went in pretty fresh, but, like, I knew some stuff. I didn't know any of, like, the big moments or anything. Um, but I had seen online a little bit, like... I read some of the reviews that were, like, just, like, you know, quick little, like, critic impressions, and, like, I saw that critics loved it, but a few hours before I went and I saw, like, huh, it seems like there's a lot of, a lot of angry fans <laughs> towards this movie. That's, hmm, I'm, I'm curious now, but I kind of just put that away, and I was like, I, whatever, let's just, let's just fucking see this thing, it's Star Wars. Um... So, walking out of the movie, I had two really weird thoughts where I was... So, my first one was, man, the people that are the most angry about this movie didn't get what the movie wanted to say. You can say that again. Um, And also, this movie... And this is a weird one. This movie made me like Return of the Jedi retroactively way more. Huh. And I'll get into why in a little bit. Okay. But yeah, who wants to go next? Matt, you can go. Um, okay, so... This isn't, like, spoiling, but it does, like, kind of how I felt about the movie itself. Well, no, okay, I'll give a little um, background. Like, I intended on not watching trailers for, like, when the first one came out. Like, just to, I want to see this. And that didn't last at all. I watched that trailer as soon as it dropped. Um, and I have, I was really excited for Force Awakens, like, incredibly so. And this one, it's not that I wasn't excited, but it felt like they weren't really hyping it up as much. Or maybe that was just me. I felt that, too. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I, I feel po- possibly, too, that some people already are starting to feel the fatigue. I, I think Rogue One didn't help that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Also, part of it's just like, hey, the first one in the new Star Wars trilogy is obviously going to be more exciting, but I don't know. So it's not that I wasn't excited for this, but I wasn't like just, oh my god, yeah. like It kind of snuck up on me this year, honestly. Same. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, oh shit, I need to get tickets. <laughs> yeah. I think it just... So, like, I didn't have, like, anything spoiled for me. I... It was pretty much uh, entirely, like, just blind on it besides the trailers. So 
I expect it to be a good movie. I mean, like, it's Star Wars. I enjoy it. I have faith in it enough that I think it'll be, like, a fun time. And so I think at least, like, when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this is good. I, I don't think I really, like, yeah, this is a great film. I don't think I kind of felt that until maybe, like, the second to third act, second and third act, I'd say. Because I think those parts are fantastic. But the first was just like, yeah, this is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna have a more extreme version of your feelings then. Okay. So <laughs> I I am going to be the extreme version of Matt on this one because I started that movie and I immediately like ten minutes in just went, oh no, because I hated it. I hated the first one third of this movie. And then I started to warm up to it a little bit in the middle. And then I fucking loved everything about it by the end. Same. It's, it's good. Yeah. I, the one the one fourth was a slog for me. And I was really worried like, oh no, am I not going to like this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get into, I had, there was something that I'm going to talk about that like snapped in my head. And as soon as I got into a certain method of thinking, but I'm, I'm not going to mention it because it's kind of spoilery. Um, as soon as something clicked in my head, I started liking the movie more and I don't know (laughs) why it was a really random (laughs) one, but to be fair, I, I still have complaints and problems about that first half of the movie. I, I don't think that everything I felt is invalidated by the stuff I like. I just think that the stuff I like is something I like so much that I stopped caring about any of the problems I had with it. And I I'll explain that, that more when we get into spoilers. Because mm-hmm. I do have one big complaint. And I think it's going to be something that a lot of people agree with. So, Should we get into spoilers? Yeah. I, I Just for like general impressions, though, I definitely, definitely really good. And if you like Star Wars at all, you should go see it. Um, I love it. I understand if someone told me they didn't like it. That being said, I think this is... I think this is the closest we're going to get to a normal person Metal Gear Solid 2. (laughs) I think this is a movie that five Mm. years from now, people are going to be like, fuck yeah, Last Jedi. How the fuck didn't people get it at first? (laughs) Yeah! Um, This is the first movie in a while... Where I, I honestly, I'm happy we weren't able to record this podcast yesterday because I basically sat on this movie all of today. And the more I thought about it, the more I got excited and was like, yeah, like the more I realized what they're doing with it, the more excited I got. And I, I think it's fucking fascinating. And like, honestly, like kind of a miracle in a weird way that we have something as like corporate corporatized and like sanitized and culturally huge as fucking Star Wars to be divisive to the mainstream. So on the on the note of like like thinking about the movie, I, I mentioned this uh I mentioned this before uh to you guys in like the Skype group, but uh so it's it's the holiday season at my job right now, and I work at a retail place, so it is very, very busy, and there was a lot to do today. We actually were supposed to stay until midnight, but we only stayed until 11, but uh, there was a lot to do. Regardless, 
um, the minute my boss heard me say that I saw Star Wars, he said, follow me. We went into the back room and just talked about Star Wars for 20 minutes because he had to talk about it with someone, Did you know, like this movie. Yes, he loved it. That's good. That's great. <laughs> it was just like 20 minutes of us in the back, like going through all of our thoughts on the themes and the characters and the plot and what it means for the series while like everyone else was up front working. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is doing to people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, actually like really glad that we had a little time set on it too because I think it definitely for me just seeing how people are reacting I didn't have a chance to do much of that until like yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting like I'll get more into that during spoilers for obvious reasons yeah. but there's um, some stuff. I my so literally as soon as I walked out of the theater, my brother-in-law texted me like, hey, have you seen Star Wars yet? And I was like, just walked out of the theater. And he was like, oh man, I was gonna ask, like, cause like they come back for Christmas and stuff. And he's like, oh man, I wanted to see if you wanted to like go catch it with me. I have no one to see it with, lol. And I was like, I would go with you again. <laughs> and I never do that with movies. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I'm excited to see it with him a second time. I'm curious to see how... I, I think he'll like it. He He's a smart man, so we'll see. <laughs> um, Akka, if you don't like this movie, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. I, oh man, I hate to be that guy, but I really think some people don't get it. I And I don't want to yeah. be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, okay. I have, like... So, I am a strong believer in that. Because a lot of the times I see in criticism of media and the way it's executed is like, well, that was the point. And I think, well, that's true. A lot of the times, like, like when people react to something negatively, like, no, that's the point. I don't think that automatically, like, means just because that's what they were trying to do. I don't think that means they did it well necessarily. But here I kind of feel like, "Mm, no, like this, this really was the point. And I don't think it's worse off. Because yeah. that's the point. Okay. Alright, should we get into it? I think we I should think get so. into it. Okay. H- how do we want to start this? Do you want to do just, like, plot rundown a little bit? Yeah. I mean, what what's the intro scene again, even? Okay, so this is actually... The intro scene is a good way to segue into my only real problem with this movie in the first half. Yep. Because the intro scene is a your mother joke. (laughs) Um, So one thing my boss did say when talking is like, well, that's Poe's character. Poe did that in the first movie, too. He introduced the first movie. He introduced The Force Awakens with a a joke. Yeah. Um, That being said, um, my issue with this movie is that for the first half, it seemed like they had to fit a joke into every scene. Yeah. And it felt yeah. it felt very Disney, it felt very Marvel. It almost that, seemed yeah. like it almost seemed like they were afraid to have sincere or serious moments without a tension breaker. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um mm. a lot of the stuff with Luke I didn't think needed to be there. Um Cut, and yeah. and like some of them made the audience that I was with laugh, but like 
the bit where he tickles her hand was like, no, can we actually have a real moment here, please? You know? Yeah. Um, a lot of them also kind of felt like, and I don't know anything, obviously, but a lot of them felt like maybe they were added into the script later on because Disney wanted more jokes. <laughs> because once the movie gets serious... Not only do they stop needing to do that, but also the jokes get funnier. I had a moment, <laughs> so, like, I don't know where else to mention this, so I'm just going to say, I had a moment in the theater where I, like, had an out-of-body experience, and I went, I'm in a room full of people, and we're watching on a giant projected screen Luke motherfucking Skywalker get milk out of the titties of this whatever-the-fuck creature and swallow oh, it whole. about that. And I was just, like... This is a moment in my life that I'm having, you know, like, okay. what the fuck is going on? That so, was really so... weird. I saw a tweet, like, the day I saw it, and I thought it was a joke. Like, it was just, mm, I think it was, my review of The Last Jedi is that it really satisfies my criteria of being the only movie in the series with lactation in it, and I thought that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. So... That one is especially eh to me God, it's because it's clear what they want to do with it. They want be, because it's supposed to be like Yoda and yeah. Yoda yeah. was he was supposed to be the the master Jedi. And when you met him, he was a quirky, weird hermit and they wanted to do that with Luke. But it was just really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it worked even with like his character in mind. It didn't work. Yeah, it's... God, like, right after he drinks the milk, like, he just kind of, like, looks into the camera almost yeah. and is like, yeah, like, oh, it's, it's bad. I just drank this. Um, okay, so... Oh, uh, I want to say real right off the bat, um, I want to say that while I did say, like, the one-fourth, like, first-fourth of the movie I thought was kind of a slog, I will say... The fact that the beginning of the movie is Poe doing a cool thing, but also kind of fucking up and getting a shit ton of people killed, and the movie doesn't pull its punches with being like, no, you just killed a bunch of our guys, was... I liked that a lot. (laughs) And he also kind of doesn't learn his lesson for a bit. (laughs) I have a question about this. Um, I... I felt like part of it might be me just not remembering his character from Force Awakens that well, because, hey, he didn't have that much screen time in that. But I felt like it was... I don't know if this is, like, correct, but I felt like it was a little bit out of character. I... I can't remember... He, you... he, he seemed a little reckless in Force Awakens, but he didn't really have the plot screen time to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he seemed very impulsive, but it was all speculation based on the little we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I just, it never really felt like to me watching Force Awakens that, hey, he'd be so impulsive to get all these people killed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was bad. I just, it kind of surprised me. Uh, actually, I guess even moving back, how do y'all feel about the fact this movie starts, like, a few seconds after Force Awakens ends? 
Oh, well, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When, when they ended with, like, her handing out the lightsaber, it was very obvious we were going to smash cut to yeah. the next frame, you know? Yeah, it's just, I just think it's funny because the, like, from, like, the Resistance pers- perspective, they go from, like, celebrating to, like, oh, fuck, in the matter of, like, <laughs> hours, <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> uh, Okay, I, I guess we should actually start walking through the plot then. Yeah, um, so, first battle sequence happens... It, it's every Star Wars, well, not every Star Wars, but... Star Wars likes to have their their opening, you know, spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it, it was fun, but mm, it, I think the felt... jokes undercut it. Yeah, the jokes really do undercut it. That's a huge problem in the first half of this movie. But um, it felt kind of like what Revenge of the Sith wanted to do done right. Yeah, agreed. yeah, yeah. That's actually it, it re- really good. The first shot where, like, it's the camera's moving like that, it, I immediately thought Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that worked out pretty well. But it was, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think this, what really stuck out with, like, I know it kind of goes back to what we are saying, but, like, that dialogue between... Hux and Poe when they're like kind of talking because he's stalling for time for the resistance. I felt like it went on a little bit too long. It was a weird way to open the movie too. Yeah. Yeah, with like us, you're breaking up a joke. <laughs> you're breaking up into a your mother joke. Yeah. And he says it like four times. Yeah. I don't know. Like It was... Odd. I didn't expect it to do that because I feel like it was a little bit a different brand of humor than Star Wars usually has. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. It, it it was very like Avengers, you know. You, no, yeah, like I was, I was the whole time I was thinking like this is kind of weed and Yeah, I feel like that's the thing that's going to permeate throughout blockbusters for like a good while now. Especially ones coming from Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to be 40% of movies at this point. Hey, hey, hey. modern jokes, monopolies. <laughs> Dude, oh my god. Okay, this is a tangent. When the fuck are we getting a Monopoly movie? Oh, I don't know. I mean, someone probably has the rights to probably. that already. Oh, man, I can't wait for the Monopoly movie. All right. <laughs> um, from there... <laughs> uh the resistance gets tracked through hyperspace that was weird yeah yeah man so is this is gonna be for nobody nobody out there but the minute they started doing that plot i started thinking of the 2003 battlestar galactica series oh yeah this really is for nobody <laughs> hey someone out there Someone out there thought the same thing, and I love you for it. So, that moment where I said everything clicked for me was at that point. Well, no, sorry, okay. not not that's, at that's early. Not at yeah, that point. I think but, I got it a little later than not, that too. Sorry, not at that point, but like it was it was a point around one fourth. But it 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 has to do with that as a concept, like the tracking. 
for whatever reason, the moment that it clicked with me, oh, the big thing of this movie is going to be trying to get the ship away from the other ship. I started to like it more. Because, like, I didn't realize that was going to be such a big thing. I just thought it was going on for, like, I thought that plot was just going on for a really long time. Um, so I guess this is, man, it's going to be really hard to stay on track, but this is kind of a good way to talk about this. Um, one of the things I really like about this movie, and I've seen, so I have a friend, and my friend didn't like the movie that much. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be fair, I haven't talked to him about it. I've just seen what he has to say. Um, he said that it felt like nothing happened and that it didn't justify a whole movie. Um, I think that one of the things that some people are going to dislike, but one of the things I love is that this is a very small movie it in is. the sense, in the sense of it is about being trapped and trying to get out of this single situation because it all might end here. It's mm -hmm. not a giant, like, sweeping adventure across galaxies it's a very very small scale it's a motherfucking intimate... battle <laughs> yeah it is a battle it is an intimate situation that lasts the entire movie uh -huh. um i do have one problem with that setup that we'll get to later <laughs> okay mm -hmm. um i oh go on matt oh no yeah i feel the exact same way i really really like that about the film like we don't have a lot of opportunities for stories that do this that much so the more i thought about it the more i enjoyed this aspect of it i have yeah. one problem with the setup so we constantly see these green lasers being fired off like they're fucking mortar shells it's space why are they curving <laughs> just just shoot straight lasers at them I are you are you arguing about laser science in Star Wars? Okay, but like, why are they curving? Just make them shoot straight. That bothers they're, me. They're they're magic ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, the whole thing's ruined. Yeah, worst Star Wars since the Phantom. Man, Earth. it's it's bullshit because there wouldn't be sound in space. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do y'all feel about Rose? I I, I was, like her, but I want to like her more than I do. Same. Yeah. I, so I was really worried at first, like a lot of things. I started warming up to her a lot towards the end. She has a really nice but sappy line. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like she needed a little bit more than what we got for her to yeah. really work. I, wish, I think it's fine, but... I wish they got into her relationship with both her sister more and with Finn a little bit more. Yup. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I started to like her more because the reason she exists is to have her view of Finn as a hero challenged and, like like, that's kind of like Finn and her's version of the whole, like, hey the legends aren't always what they're out to be sort of thing that, like, the rest of the movie is kind of about in a lot of ways. Yeah. But she doesn't, hit, like, she's mad at Finn for all of two minutes, and then they're, like, immediately, like, okay, here's the plan, we're gonna do this together. Yep. And I kind of wish that there was, like, m some sort of moment where she was, like, I thought you were cooler than you actually were, other than just yeah. the initial one, you know? 
No, but she falls in love, so it's fine. <sighs> At some point. <laughs> yeah. This, this movie took place in a day. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was really iffy to do that even before I realized how short the time span was. So I feel like part of that is a desperate attempt to solidify no guys, Finray isn't a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like this movie really gave me like just close friend vibes from them. Yeah. Like, to be I think... fair, I always personally felt that way about it, but same. I think I could I could see it being interpreted differently like at least up until maybe like the first half of this film but like by the time they start interacting with each other like it's so clearly just like these guys are best friends to me that i don't really think it left much room for anything else hey as a side note i didn't fucking realize till that scene towards the end that ray and poe hadn't fucking met each (laughs) other yet i was like oh yeah oh yeah they totally haven't met before (laughs) Yeah, I, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, can I... So, like, I also want to say, just while we're on the ship stuff, I love the fact that as soon as shit really hits the fan, we get infighting with the Resistance. Yes. Because one mm-hmm. of the things that I loved about Rogue One, the Rebels and that are fucking terrorists. Like, they they yeah. are straight up an insurgency, and some of them are fucking brutal freedom fighters. Like, they're not even freedom fighters. They will kill a motherfucker. And I love how we get... It's obviously not that movie, but, like, some of them don't fucking care no more when the shit hits the fan. They just want to get out and live, you know? Well, there's that, but also, like, we do learn that they're buying weapons from sleazy weapon dealers, you know, like warmongers and okay. shit. I was shocked that move this movie went there. Yeah. I, I honestly it's one of my favorite parts of the film. Like I respect that so much because you it's... know what? That's a fucking like yeah, that that's yeah. a thing that you should really show because guess what? That shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Oof, I was, yeah, not expecting that to go there. That whole casino thing, too, like, oh, all these people are complicit was like, fuck, you know? Yeah, okay, so, fuck, we're getting so out of order, but yeah. I'm going to talk about the <laughs> casino for a moment. <laughs> so, my only problem with the idea of this being a small-scale movie with a single tension is that the casino kind of ruins it. It's so bad. Um, I really really disliked the entire idea of the casino i didn't dislike the casino itself i thought it was fine as a thing just not in this movie Mm -hmm. because it breaks the tension in a way where like okay hold on they just went away to this other location but the whole thing was like the the tension works so much better if no one can get away and I, I get that they were going to get someone to help get everyone else away, but it just kind of feels like they were stalling for time it, it and they was, wanted to be... It was con- a little Cantina. weird, and I feel like there was a throwaway line where they were like, oh, they wouldn't detect a pod this small or something? But the thing is that that's... So, so they also say that about the pods at the end, but like, 
there were always enough pods to escape then. <laughs> like, yeah. To be fair, that was a different plan. Yeah, um, that's true. But also, it, it it's not so much from a so so yeah the the plot does justify it. Uh, it's not really an issue from the plot perspective. It's more a cinematic Set perspective. Yeah. Where I think the idea of a small like how do we escape plot works better if you don't cut to casino planet with goofy aliens yeah. putting coins into bb8 i honestly would have preferred at that point that like it, i i almost at that point wanted them like finn and um rose to like be some like maybe they had taken a medical pod like you you know were stationed on like a medical pod for him or something and they happened to see what was going on with the main ship and were like oh shit we got to do something other yeah. than them just being on the main ship mm-hmm. yeah like if they were already away that yeah. would have worked yeah but at the same time too i i also like the idea of them just like staying in that situation and like they could have gone somewhere closer or have met that code man arms dealer situation like within the fleet itself. I don't, I don't know. Oh, um, when the fucking uh, ATST started firing and they were like very clearly hacked, I was like, oh, he was a good guy the whole time. And then they show it was BB 8 who did that. And I was like, oh, that fucker just like, <laughs> no, that fucker was evil. He just fucking yeah. sold their shit and got away. I, I thought they were like, I thought it was going to open up and it was BB 8. And then I thought the one next to him would open up and it'd be him. Nah, it was just BB 8. Yep. That's my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or girl, I think, actually. I, I don't know. Um, there was a, a controversy robot. about that two years ago. Yeah, I was remember there? that. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Everyone oh, wanted to assign that. gender to BB-8. Man, hey, there's a good video about this by Lindsay Ellis about, like, Transformers and the way robots are gendered. You should watch that. Listeners. Hey, L- Lindsay Ellis makes good content. I haven't yeah, kept up does. with her in years, but she at least used to make really good content. I don't know who that is. She was the nostalgia chick. Oh, yeah, okay, I, I know who that is. Anyways. One of the few people to walk away from that situation with a bit of self-dignity, but <laughs> let's move on. More like channel not awesome. <laughs> um, good one. Uh, anyway, but my issue with the casino scene is minor, honestly. It, it doesn't hurt the movie that it's in there all that much. I just would prefer it not to be. Honestly, I feel like if um they cut a little bit of the Luke Island stuff and found a different way to have that plot with Hacker Man, I would have liked the movie a l- like 100%, but... Uh-uh. 99.9% is fine too. So the one Marvel movie I or the one Marvel joke I respect a lot in here though is when Finn's like this isn't your ship is it? Like I don't know why but that one killed me. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it's fine. Were you saying something bad? Oh, this is going to sound weird. I think the casino I don't think this is inherently a bad thing. The casino, like, subplot feels like just the setting and, like, the mm, goals around that whole sequence. It feels like a prequel story. Oof. I could feel Uh, that. Not not in a bad way. Although, like, I didn't really care for it. It just felt like 
that's the kind of thing that was in those movies. Like, it really reminds me of, like, yeah. that sequence in Attack of the Clones when they're chasing the bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. I thought of the same part. I kind of did, too. Um, like, hey, take that as you will, but... And to be fair, that was the best part of Attack of the Clones, so... though. Yeah. I mean, I think that part's fine. Yeah. Um... um... Yeah, and like the goofy aliens with the coins, and that felt prequely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like BBH shooting the coins out is. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck did the cops look like rebels? Mm. They had the hat. Um. I'm. Do you want to? Do you want to dial back to plot or? Yeah, kind of. Well, I, I'm gonna. I, I just want one thing about the casino. Oh, sure. I agree with basically everything y'all said. The final shot of the movie made that all worth it to me. One hundred percent. We'll get there though. Yeah, we will. Um, do we want to talk more about island stuff now? Yeah, let's talk about island stuff. Um. So. Oh wait, sorry, we did skip one thing though. Oh what? Um. Hey, they introduced Snoke for real during that fight scene. Oh, yeah. I also, I liked the idea of him just being able to do force shit, like, that far away. (laughs) Well, because, no, I mean, they have, like, the whole throne room thing. um, Oh, yeah. When he's like, oh, yeah, I have an ace up my sleeve, even though it was just new technology, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only not only that, but also them immediately like them immediately being like you didn't live up to Darth Vader and he smashes the mask. Oh, Oh, I forgot about that. But like we're going to have to have a whole segment on Kylo Ren, though. Yeah, I could not believe that they would throw away such a fucking iconic marketing symbol. Like, so I know I'm like, so this movie, though. Yeah, but like. Because I kept thinking that from the marketing guy, like, there's no fucking way that that's going to remain broken the whole movie, because, like, Disney corporate's going to be pissy about that. No, (laughs) nah, that fucking mask is gone, son. That's a Force Awakens things now. That's not a Star Wars new trilogy thing. Man, when, so, uh, just that scene, though, like, about Snoke and Kylo Ren, when Snoke is, like... I forget the exact line, but it's something like you're just a child wearing a mask. And he's yeah. like, take, yeah. take that ridiculous. Yeah. Mask. It's, yeah. So good. it's so good. <laughs> um, That was really good. I think what really sold it for me is that, hey, because this happens right after The Force Awakens, his mask is already kind of broken a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. his speech is like clearly like messed up and it just really hits home how much he failed in that movie. Um. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But we're we're gonna talk about Kylo Ren, so oh, let's sure. talk about let's hey. talk about Luke and the island. Um. So I will say, the first the moment he threw the lightsaber behind him, I was super on board. The moment he threw the lightsaber behind him, I was worried. Me too. Because that's where the comedy started going, oh no. Yeah. I I liked it as a thing, but mm, like the joke is like, "Mm, I don't know if Luke would really do that in that kind of comedic way. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Luke feels a little out of character at first. That's, well, actually, I'm going to go further than probably both of you on that. Um, 
And this might just be because, like, ever since I was a kid, I've always liked looking up interviews and, like, talk show stuff with both of them. I feel like both Leia and Luke feel less like... I, I, I mean, people change over 30 years, but <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker in this movie feels like Mark Hamill is playing Mark Hamill. The minute you said I looked up <laughs> interviews, I knew what you were going to say, and I agree. Um, you're you're right. I didn't and, think about it, but I agree. And Leia kind of feels like she's playing Carrie Fisher. Like, look, Carrie Fisher feels like she's playing Carrie Fisher a little bit. Not as much, but there's a few things. She's a little less kooky than Carrie Fisher oh, was. D- did you see the thing that Ryan Johnson um, tweeted about Carrie Fisher a few days ago? No. Um, mm-hmm. someone asked, like, what's up with all the jewelry everyone's wearing in this movie? And he went, Carrie Fisher, like, grabbed my arm one day and was like, everyone needs more jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful woman. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see the thing in the credits? Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, after the main cast in the credits, it says, dedicated in memory to our wonderful princess Carrie Fisher, or something oh. like that. It was really good. Oh, um, that's yeah um yeah um i think there's i don't remember what they were there's like maybe two lines that really reminded me of like um original trilogy leia but i just can't remember what they were oh um one okay so like just while we're talking about leia do we want to talk about probably the most controversial scene of the movie sure (laughs) so here's my thing i understand why people don't like it I think, personally, I really dig it as a concept, but it's shot really weird, and it felt like it's shot in a way that feels like it doesn't belong in the movie around it in a weird way. Yeah. And I knew going in that they claimed, at least, that they didn't reshoot basically anything following her death. Like, they were done with Carrie Fisher scenes yeah. by the time she died. So that was in there as is. But yeah, I boy, But boy, if someone didn't know that, I could totally see someone thinking that they added that scene in after she died. Really? Like, or at least changed it up. To be to more it... of a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I can see that, I guess. But, like, it feels like it becomes a different movie for a little bit. You it... should explain what the scene is. Um, Carrie Fisher becomes Superman and uses <laughs> the Force to fly to safety after being shot out into space. Which, honestly, fuck yeah, Leia using the Force, that's awesome. I love that. So, that's here's, awesome. Here's the thing, it never fucking made sense that she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. like... Even if you go back to the original trilogy, they talk about her like, no, there's another Skywalker. Luke's not the last hope, you know? Yeah. It makes no sense that she wouldn't have it. If anything, she should be using it more in 7 and 8, you know? And hey, man, here's what really fucking sucks. It is so clear that was supposed to be a thing in 9. I have, yeah. This was built up to a big moment for her and Nine. Um, you know what really bums me out? Yeah. So my... I, I posted a thing that was like, oh, here are my predictions before I'm gonna see the movie. One of my things was like, I don't think she's gonna die in Eight. But I have a feeling that in Nine she's gonna be referenced, but never, like... 
it, like never shown but like referenced as still being around and doing shit you know yeah <laughs> um that's a lot more awkward to pull off now that the resistance is like 25 people <laughs> yeah so to be fair and we'll get into this later but i think the i think they have at least somewhat of an out in the sense of the ending themes of this movie being like kind of out with the old and with the new yeah you know um Mm -hmm. also too the final thing luke says to leia i think god oof that 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 really got me everyone in the theater was just kind of like you know like and like they couldn't have known you know like what a fucking magical moment so, like, hey, if you haven't seen this movie and you just want to know the spoilers and stuff, the last thing he says to her is, like, no one's really lost forever in reference to, like, Kylo Ren. Yeah. But, like, hey, he's saying that to Carrie Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> it it was really strong. Yeah. Um... Should we talk about Island stuff now? Let's talk about the Island <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, it, it is so hard with this movie because there's so yeah. much we want to talk about everything <laughs> connects to everything <laughs> um what a good movie so yeah i had a feeling no i didn't think luke was going to be as jokey as he was i think i'm fine with it a little more than you guys but also too it's very clear they're trying and like in some regards failing to do the like uh kooky yoda thing from episode five um mm-hmm. yeah i they're trying to do kooky yoda thing while at the same time doing like punished luke and i don't think yeah. they meshed as well i think the problem is they did it for one scene and then stopped the <laughs> thing that i love about this luke is i was kind of having those thoughts that i think a lot of the people that are angry are having and then I totally realized what they were doing, and I think that this is going to be what a lot of people see when they think hard about 5 and 6 again. Like, not through the lens of nostalgia, but actually what's in the content of both those movies. This is the Luke that is the continuation of Return of the Jedi Luke. Everyone and their mother, and this was always a thing in, like, whatever novel or whatever the fuck that anyone ever made that was, like, set after 6 like, whatever, like, expanded universe bullshit, and what I think every kid always assumed is, like, oh, yeah, Luke's gonna be, like, an Obi-Wan-style sage, you know? Yeah. Um, Luke is, the entire point of Luke in 5 and 6 is that he is constantly on the edge of doing the wrong thing. Yep. But then decides at the last minute, no, I'm better than this. And yep. that's what that Kylo Ren moment is. It is it is such an amazing thing. And like And no what, one gets it. So so I was talking my thing is like how could anyone sit here and say they would be okay with a story where someone overcomes their weakness once and never ever has to face it again? And like I'm gonna be honest. I think the That's idea... not how people work. Yeah, but, like, not only that, I think the idea of Luke Skywalker being a sage is the most safest, boring thing you could have done. Now, what I thought it was going to be judged off the trailer was I thought he was going to be like, hey, the Jedi died out for a reason, and I thought this was going to be him ushering in, like, him being, like, 
my generation's done and we're dying, you need to make your own cool shit. And there's they play around with that a little bit, but it's clear it's more of like a reformation than it is a total destru- like destruction. Mm-hmm. Um I I also too like that Luke is gen look, you see an old Luke that at certain moments in this movie is genuinely afraid. Um Yeah. The one line in the movie that actually really pisses me off because, like, I'm like, I have a feeling they're gonna forget about this. That moment where he goes, "You went to the dark right away." Yeah, you dove like right in, and that no freaks him out. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> um. Oh, as like a side note to that, God, you're right, Zach. Everything leads into fucking everything with this. Um. That mirror scene was the most not Star Wars thing ever, and I love it. Uh... I was, it it was like it made more sense once the whole scene played out. I was really confused why we were getting a first person narrative at first. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sometimes it... this movie does like. Also, too, the I kind of wish they didn't flash back both times to Kylo's and uh, Luke's version of events that night i rather wish they just told us and we it was left up to our interpretation i disagree completely oh really because what i love about that scene is how there are subtle changes in how they both saw the events i i like that too a lot actually like when they shift the so like hey the the deal is like luke almost killed kylo ren because he saw the darkness in him Mm -hmm. whatever and he's like oh this is terrible. I can't let this play out. And he has this moment of weakness and he's like, I could put an end to it right here. So he's, he's standing over him. Yeah. Like Kylo Ren sleeping. And he just like takes out his lightsaber and ignites it. And he's like, you get the first like telling of this moment from Kylo Ren telling Ray. That's what it was. Right. Yeah. 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 And then and later Luke looks on, pissed. <laughs> yeah, Luke looks pissed, and there's no hesitation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And now, oh, carry on. Oh no, no, like just the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, what is up with us? Like, hey, I gotta know. And they deliver on that extremely well. Mm-hmm. I like, agree. The only thing is, we now have a definitive, like Luke's version of events is clearly what happened. Is it? I'm pretty sure. So. Maybe. I, f- I feel like if they just had told us, it would be more ambiguous, and I think I kind of would have liked it more. So I think the fact that we saw two versions of the events implies that what we see is how they both remember it. Yeah. yeah and when definitely. situations like that happen, I always personally assume that somewhere in the middle is the truth. I would in anything that's not Star Wars. Yeah, but I think this movie has proven itself that it's not just a Star Wars movie, you know? Yeah. Like, um, well, that I... being said, even if it is just Luke's version is the one that really happened, the fact that we get to see that Kylo Ren's, Kylo Ren's interpretation of events is different, yeah. I think has enough merit to justify showing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I think, like, the point is that it's equally real to both of them. It is, yeah. definitely. Like, especially in when you see, like, Luke's telling of the story, like, he had, I 
I don't remember what the exact line was, but I thought it was really strong. Like, he's super down on himself for doing that. Well, like, he says, like, as soon as I ignited the saber, I felt regret and shame or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I it's thought like, that oof. was really good. Yeah. And, like, just the way they have the camera shift in that scene, like, you see, like, Kylo Ren, like, he's, um, like, just completely betrayed, like, this person who is supposed to just be teaching him and, like, guiding him is, like, about to kill him. And when the camera just shifts, like, it's focusing on Luke's lightsaber, and it angles in the way that you can see that Kylo Ren woke up during the scene, and he's just a scared, like, child in that yeah. scene. Yeah. Luke says that, too. The line that killed me was, like, I, I looked into his eyes, and they were the eyes of a scared child whose master failed him. It's like, oh, it's fuck. Yeah, that's I, good. I, I don't think it would have been effective without both of the versions in there. Yeah, I agree. I could see it, yeah. Um, that being said, fuck all of the island bullshit with the little animals and the caretakers. <laughs> yeah. I I don't need any of that. That's the stuff that's like, okay, if you wanted to just have the porgs, fine, but why do we need to have weird alien caretakers? They're just there for comedy. <laughs> they have always been assistants to the Jedi, Zach. Fuck off! Always. And that's what, so, like, we get these scenes of, like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And then Wacky, like, whoops, Ray broke the wall and the caretakers are pissed. I want them now. And I thought about this when I saw the caretakers in the movie and they referenced that line. When Nine is done, I want them to go back and make special editions of the prequels. Were they were they adding shit from the sequel trilogy? And I want I want the caretakers to be all over the Coruscant scenes in the Jedi Temple. Just throw, so like when when like when Obi Wan and like Yoda are watching the recording of of Anakin killing the kids, there's like six of them in the background shaking their heads. Yeah. <laughs> I want them oh. to like cut cut a song into it at the end, like as a parallel to the Ewok song. Oh yeah, no, throw them into the Ewok song too. Oh Go no, no. Back okay, to... okay, they'll do Qui Gon Jinn's like cremation, but they're singing. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh. <laughs> um. Fuck, there's another island thing I wanted to talk about. Well, I at some point early on, we can talk about how Kylo Ren and Rey have a connection. That's my favorite part of the movie. That is so fucking good. Um, You know why? And people, why? people are going to fight me on this. I don't fucking care. Rey and Kylo Ren have more on-screen development and a relationship than Luke and Vader ever did. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And people, people are gonna bitch and moan about that, but I'm sorry, it's true. Like no. that force connection thing made one of the most interesting character dynamics I've ever seen in Star Wars. It, it is it's really good, fantastic. Um, yeah, by far, there there is so much character development and and like real honest. And the thing is too, like it's not even a sense of oh, Ray was listening to Kylo Ren's lies. They have honest talks and they're fucking right about stuff you know like yeah um 
during like when those conversations started happening um so there there's a few things um and like one of them goes into like uh, I'll explain it as I go so Zach a few like maybe a week back we had a conversation about KOTOR 2 okay and we were talking about cause like one thing that KOTOR 2 does really well and you see it a lot in expanded universe stuff that wants to be like subversive is like hey let's bring in grayish morality into Star Wars you know something that's very traditionally good versus evil um and like that's kind of the thing that kind of the default is if you want to be like different with Star Wars you you find that weird middle morality zone right what i think this movie blew my fucking mind with is it didn't suggest something in the middle what both sides at the like by the point of this movie are suggesting is hey maybe like the dark side's thing is like, hey, the dark side kind of sucks, but we can make it better, though. Or, hey, the light side has some fucking problems, but we can reform and do better. Yeah. They're, they're, they're acknowledging the problems of the past to try to make a new, cooler thing of both their sides. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, the way they describe it, there's, like merits to both of what they're saying and it's really interesting i think what makes it so compelling is that like that's what the like kylo and ray that's what the characters want themselves like it's not just a message that's kind of there it's actively a part of the narrative um and one thing that so this is one of the lines that snoke referenced in his very brief appearance in seven but like it get, apparently got expanded on more of the novelization, and it's been, like, a big fan theory type thing of, like, oh, this is what's gonna happen. So, apparently, the reason, like, part of the reason Snoke expressed, like, interest in Kylo Ren is that he has the light in him still yet. Like, he is mostly dark, but he also has the strength that comes with the light still somewhat in him, even though that is also a part of his weakness. So... Apparently, in the novelization, they go into Snoke's idea with what the First Order should be. And I don't think this was on purpose, but it kind of matches up with real-world political shit right now. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Snoke's vision for the First Order is he looked at what the Emperor did, and he said, No one liked that. How far... Like, how far past that can I go where people still find it mostly acceptable but I can get away with doing my shit (laughs) and I love that idea so much and like while that idea isn't necessarily in this film I love the idea of the dark side kind of like real world shitty ideologies do where like it's trying to edge towards the light to be like how far can I go to get away with doing bullshit you know I love that idea so fucking much. It's fair. Part of me was legit wondering when they were talking, like, is it called The Last Jedi because at the end of this movie, Rey and Ren are going to make their own cool third thing? Like, what the fuck is going to (laughs) happen? So, 
while that doesn't happen, I will say, has there ever been a better title drop? No. <laughs> that was... No. God. <laughs> Oof. Um, can we talk about the Big Island thing? Uh, what's the Big Island? Oh, yeah, okay. I did not expect... No? Fucking Yoda to be in this movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What the fuck? I know! Ah! I didn't so... like it. Okay. Um... Why didn't you like it? Well, okay, this is, like, not the reason I didn't like it, but hey, that CGI puppet looked weird. I think it looked a little off, too. And the color palette is also different than Yoda's been in every other movie, but that's that's not why. It, they can touch it up for the Blu-ray. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but... Mm, so... I don't think he needed to be there. I, my one thing was, my first thought was, man, I wish this was Obi-Wan. Then I realized, no, Alec Guinness is dead, and Ewan McGregor should not be playing that. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. If Hayden Christensen could be Anakin. Mm. Uh, um, but I, I really liked Yoda's contribution to this movie. I did not ex- like when Luke was like, Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-
Ray took all those books and they're on the Falcon. Oh, oh, I did not see that at all. I didn't either. I didn't I... either. <laughs> I had to be pointed out, but like, yeah, if like, it's very quick, but like there, I think you can find a picture, like someone snapped a photo of it online and it's out there even, but like she, she grabbed the books when Luke wasn't looking. <laughs> I really like that. Also, but I love that too because oh, raise yeah, a fucking raise a scavenger and a thief. Of course, she'd have <laughs> taken the books without looking. Yeah, true. Um, ah, that's so good. Um, that's like that's extremely Yoda. I actually really like that. Yeah. Um, and then I think Yoda has my favorite line in the movie, which was like, "They grow beyond what we could ever be." With the whole yeah. thing, because mm-hmm. that's the movie. That was the movie in one yeah. line. Yeah. Um, like your legends and heroes aren't what you think they are, and it's the job of the next generation to do better than the what the good people of the last did. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, that's something I needed to hear in the year of our Lord two thousand seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> this was the near automata of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, do we want to go through any more plots? I mean, I feel like we kind of summed up a lot of the stuff with the resistance already. Yeah. What yeah. uh, else? Like, inter- before we get into the big character and theme stuff, any other like specific plot stuff you guys want to go well, for? We should talk about the throne room scene. Oh god! Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting into in-game stuff then. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah. Okay. That, that, that was the point of the movie where I realized how much I was enjoying myself. Same. Because, like I said, around the one-fourth mark, I was like, oh, this movie is going to be about this ship needing to escape. And that started to make me enjoy it more than, like, you know, all the island stuff. I was like, yep, 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 or we, whatever. Yeah. That... We should just clarify for, like, anyone that maybe wanted to watch the spoiler cast and didn't see the movie just, like, yeah. exactly how it goes through really quick. Yeah, do you want to... Recap uh, this. sure um basically it's just that ray was on the island training with luke and he does start to train her but he, in a very like i'll show you why you showed it kind of way yeah and um the the plan with uh finn and rose uh doesn't go well so that that whole situation becomes an issue and then ray has this psychic link with uh, Kylo Ren the whole movie and ultimately decides that Luke is wrong and she needs to go prove to Kylo Ren that he can become good and turn back to the light. So she willingly goes and gets like captured to uh, sort of confront him. Uh, one thing, since this is kind of a segue to... Um... I think Luke is going to be around as a Force Ghost in 9 to, like, do some wisdom shit. Because, I hope so. Be- well, because if he's not, part of that scene doesn't make sense. Because Luke yeah. says, I can't be the teacher she wants me to be. As if, like, oh, I got more shit to teach her. And then, like, the rest of that movie, he doesn't teach her anything. <laughs> so, Not only that, but there's a line towards... Well, yeah, okay, so, as a Force goes, Luke Skywalker fucking dies, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, he tells Kylo Ren see around, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anything, he'll probably haunt Kylo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd actually really like that. I would like that. I, I'm gonna get into 
part of my idea for that, but we have an email about we have an email specifically asking us about thoughts of nine. That'll be our first mm. email when we get to that okay. part. Okay. Okay. Um, oh wait, wait, wait. One thing is that at this point, Kylo Ren knows um, Ray's like parents' identity. And what I think is interesting. Yeah. Well, then... that that happens in that happens in the throne room. Well, that no, that's like the reveal. But at this point, like uh, he knows it, he, and he's like kind of holding it over a... her because she knows that he knows. Yeah. But what the the implication I find fascinating is they imply deep down she always knew she was just lying to yes, herself. Absolutely, yep. mm-hmm. she's the one that says it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Can we just talk about it? Yeah, <sighs> raise a nobody. Okay. Thank Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing. I don't think there's anything in this movie that I loved as much as that. Parents <laughs> dead it... in a pauper's grave. <laughs> They sold her for drinks. Yeah. Um. What a way to. So, this is getting into more of the like theme stuff. Um. The Force Awakens was, as everyone has said by now, the Force Awakens was a mirror of um a New Hope played straight. Mm-hmm. Um, the Last Jedi is taking from both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And subverting it. Yeah. And one of the biggest things about Star Wars has always been destiny. It's always been Luke Skywalker is the son of Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. They're going to bring balance to the Force. This has been foretold. Blah, 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 blah. Even in the original movies that didn't have prophecy bullshit, it was still very much like you're a Skywalker. You know, Mm -hmm. you were born into this legacy. (laughs) And throughout this whole movie, Rey's plot is, I'm. how do I fit into this? What's my destiny? (laughs) Where am I? I think she be? she straight up asks that in the same words. She does. She she says, "I'm trying to find my place in this. You know, where yeah. do I fit in?" And yeah. the answer is fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. You're you're not a part of any great destiny, and that is both devastating and liberating because her parents were nobody. She's not the granddaughter of fucking Palpatine. You know. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I I'm sorry, but like, I, this is something I feel like we need to address. One of the reoccurring things from this, like, fucking movie's reception from the people that really hate it are the people that are like, oh, well, all of the fan theorizing was bullshit. And it's like, well... Mm-hmm. Thank God! So, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and thank God, because, man, that thing that everyone was like, oh, Snoke is clearly this character from Star Wars Rebels on Cartoon Network. <laughs> Fucker, I'm sorry, that would have been the worst. Yeah. Like, but like, so, so the malevolent yeah. entities near Lothatep. Yeah, like all the nerdy fan theories are like one thing, bro. They're not gonna pull from your fucking extended, like you know, like they're not gonna do that to the casual audience. So the but one thing, all... the the one thing is, they are in the sense that, like, oh, that ship was in Kotor. Like, yeah, they'll do that. Like, I mean, that one cartoon character was a character in Rogue One, and I think that's as far as they'll ever go. Is the anthology films? But like beyond that too, I feel like ha- have we reached a point where people don't want to be surprised anymore? Like, like, we've reached a point where people get so caught up in their fan theories and their fandoms and, oh, we gotta we gotta have our two-hour-long prediction podcast on what the next episode's gonna be. Cough, cough. Um, it's okay, Zach, you're allowed to cry. We've reached, a, we've reached a point where people get angry when they're not right. 
Yeah. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I am thrilled when I'm not right. Also, I would too... so much rather be surprised. <laughs> also, yeah. too, I'm really sorry, but if you think that, like, this weird cartoon that maybe 1% of the audience has seen is going to be the thing that ties in and is the key <laughs> to the secrets of a fucking Star Wars movie... You are that's, just an ignorant person. <laughs> like that show airs on Disney XD. Uh, oh, whatever. It's fine. Cartoon Network like, Disney. Come on. Oh wait. Oh, did you say Cartoon Network? I, I said Cartoon know. Network, but I think you're right. I think it's on Disney now. I don't fucking. Oh know. no. I just I've mean never like. Watched it. Well, even if it's Cartoon Network, I, hey, that show airs on Cartoon Network. Like no it, one's gonna watch you, that. Th- you cannot expect them to be like, oh yeah, you're gonna have to. Same with all the novels and shit. Like, th- mm-hmm. I mean, hey, like you know what? I I bought some Star Wars comics recently. I'm excited to read through those. You have to go into all of that stuff being like, this is complimentary material, and it's like none of that shit is going to be a big buildup that will make you like prepared for the next thing coming along the line. Mm-hmm. It just won't. It's never going to be that way. They're never going to do that to the mainstream audience that just watches the movies, which is 99.99% of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like hey, I think like so, like a lot of it's bad. Most of it's bad, I would even say. Some Star Wars side stuff is cool. I dig it. I dig getting excited about that stuff. But, like, don't expect it to go onto the movies. That's just absurd. Mm-hmm. But, um... I think that... It's very interesting to me. Because... I think people are mad that they don't feel any sense of payoff from the reveal. Because... They've been so invested in... Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Yeah. They've been so invested in getting this answer. That, like, even if they're okay with being wrong, it's the feeling that, like, I was invested in this thing that didn't matter. And one That's sentiment... So I, yeah. And one sentiment I keep seeing is that, like, oh, The Last Jedi disregards everything that was set up in Force Awakens. But I don't think that's true. It's not. I think it's what we as viewers maybe extrapolate from Force Awakens, but I don't think that when you look at it, like, especially, like, with perspective bias and everything having seen The Last Jedi now, but, like... I can't wait to rewatch that film. Yeah, like, that movie's pretty upfront about the fact that Rey is no one. She says, yeah. I'm no one. Yeah. Um, also, is like, your parents are never coming I'll, back, honey. Also, too, fuck this movie if she was a Skywalker. Because yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate the idea that the only people who can be heroes in this universe come from a single bloodline. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to say in regards to, like, the, that's what Star Wars has always been. The Skywalkers are the main... This is the Skywalker saga. Luke Mm -hmm. Skywalker is the hero because he's the son of Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. But, like, the fact that Rey is nobody is this movie. You know? Mm -hmm. The more we talk about this film, just the more I realize how much I enjoyed it. It's Like, honestly, I think this is a movie you really need to sit with and think about for a bit. Yeah. Like, and I don't think most people are being that generous, but, like, mm-hmm. it's so smart. 
I think it's good. I legitimately think in a few years, people are going to really, really dig this. I feel like the anti-Plinket is going to happen. (laughs) I feel like years from now, someone's going to make a movie or like a a fucking movie length YouTube video that's explaining how this movie is so fucking smart. And then everyone's going to like be absurd about it. Yeah. Um, I should be that guy. Yeah. (laughs) No, it'll just be this podcast. That's fine. Um, so that is one of two things that are talked about in a throne room that people are <laughs> feeling disappointed in. That is um, amazing. Can I also just say one thing? Cause we're on the topic. Um, the moment I realized that Luke had to go in this movie, um, when Kylo and and this is getting a little bit ahead, but when Kylo and Ray are pulling the lightsaber and it rips apart, God. so that oh. um, Anakin's blue lightsaber, and this is no secret. Everyone that's ever been involved with these movies will make this comparison. That is the Excalibur of Star Wars. Yeah, and as soon as that breaks, it's like the Skywalker thing is fucking done. It's yep. done. Mm-hmm. We're moving past that shit now. Fuck your so sacred cows. The, the Skywalker legacy has broken. Yeah. And that, like, even ignoring prequel stuff, it's known that that was passed down from Anakin to Luke, you know? It's <laughs> this family heirloom. Also, this is a really dumb nerdy thing, but, like, I'm finally happy we got to see, like, a broken apart lights. Like, we've, when the saber's broken apart, and if you look closely on the inside, you can see the the lights. You can see the lightsaber crystal, and I'm like, that's what that looks like in real life. that garbage. Yeah. It's great. Like, I, we've never seen one in live action before, I don't think. (laughs) I know. And I was like, so that's what they're supposed to look like. (laughs) Now all we need is a kite dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um... Okay, let's talk about fucking. Let's let's well, talk about. Okay, it. I want to talk about the real bullshit. Everyone that's saying that Snoke is a Sidious wannabe can fuck right off. That's not true. So here's the best shit. So let's let's also start with Snoke. As far as we know, is also a nobody. Yeah. Um, which I find great because he, similar to how Maz, in, it's Maz, right, from the first film? Yeah. Yeah. She is a light side user of the Force who is not associated with the Jedi. She's just out there doing the cool shit, being, like, you know, good person. Snoke is that for the dark side. Yeah. He is a very, very powerful dark side user, but he, he shit talks the Sith a few times, I want to say. Does he? There was a point where, like, he said something regarding the Sith. You know, that might have been in Force Awakens. I don't remember it. Yeah, I think I missed it if it was in Last Jedi. I don't think it might not have been in Last Jedi, but he says something about the failures of the Sith, I want to say, in Force Awakens. You know what? I think that might ring a bell a little bit. I'm not sure, though. Um, but he is so fucking smart because he he has that okay maybe maybe I'm tying two things together cuz I I know he references the Sith and I'm pretty sure it's in a condescending manner in the first film but the other thing in this movie is he brings up darkness rises and light will always meet it yeah so he knows that dark is always going to be screwed in that way 
so he manipulates his own apprentice's weakness to the light to bait Ray. So one of my favorite things that it like that is so well hinted at at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to Kylo Ren and he's talking about like oh a weakness can be a strength yep. and he th- like you think he's talking about Hux yeah um Ooh. that's so good and also too like they don't outright say it they just trust you know that he. He looked. It's very clear he looked at what happened in Return of the Jedi and went, okay. How can I go through that situation but deal with it in a way that doesn't end with me and my apprentice dead? Yeah. And there's two things. One, I'm gonna use my apprentice's weakness to bait Rey to come here. And two, Fuck trying to turn her to evil. I'm just gonna kill her. Yeah. So smart. Ah. It's really good. It's really good. So, I will say, when Kylo Ren and Rey are talking, and Rey says, says? When when, when Rey says, I looked into your future. I saw that you won't you won't bow to Snoke. I knew exactly what was about to happen. I kind of had a feeling. Um. So. I, it's so obvious what's going to happen when he says, "And you turn the lightsaber." Yeah. Well, you and see you turn. kill your true enemy. <laughs> like, I yeah. kind of wish they didn't show it. Yeah. Honestly, same. Um. And as soon as that happened, everyone in the theater gasped, and I was like, oh, so, yeah, that's he, so good. So, so my theater had a similar but very different reaction, and I was grinning like a fucking idiot because I knew they all got tricked because they started <laughs> cheering. Um, so can I My just... theater erupted into cheers. Uh, can, I, <laughs> can I also say... Uh, the fight scene that follows with the Imperial Guard brings prequel level choreography into a non embarrassing movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the best Star Wars fight. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. It's, it's also fantastic. Yeah. Also, yeah. We haven't talked about this yet, but the throne room has some of the strongest imagery at least for me i think it's the best setting in the series it's really it's good very good red is such a good color for this film it is yeah and hey not to get too ahead of ourselves but the the red salt planet was also fucking visually striking yep uh, oh it's really good i got some shit with that too um yeah so can I say my one my this is my big hot take that I haven't seen right. anyone else talked about talk about yet. I'm sure Okay. I'm sure this is like a big point of the movie. This movie is about Ray learning Ray and Finn learning to let go I've said this forever, let go of the legend and be better than the hero that you're inspired by. Yeah, absolutely. Kylo yeah. Ren by in killing Snoke exceeds the legend of Darth Vader that he has thought of in his head. 
Because in the first movie, his entire thing is Vader was great, but he gave up in a moment of weakness, and he turned to the light, and he failed. I'm going to be better than that. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to fail. And he doesn't. And he manages to overthrow the Emperor just like Vader wanted to. So... But he still doesn't think that he's lived up to Vader. Nope. And that's great. It's an endless chase for him. He can't let go. I didn't know the best point to bring this up, but this is very clearly it. Kylo Ren is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. I think maybe me too. Yeah, I felt that way kind of with Force Awakens a little bit. Like I, I loved what they did with him in Force Awakens, but this movie, Kylo Ren is one of my favorite characters of, like, in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, go ahead. No, it, it's fine. Go, you go ahead and then I'll say my thing. Okay, well, I think, like, hey, I grew up with Star Wars, like, I'm I'm in there like I love these characters a ton. I don't think any of them even come close to having this kind of character depth. Yeah, there's so much depth to him. Um, he is so. Oh my god, so much. Um, so yeah, he he becomes the new supreme leader, and he's still the same character. Yep. He still has his little tantrums, you know? He 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 he's now filling this role and like there there is just so much going on with him. The greatest No, oh, carry on. No, 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 go ahead. The greatest tragic irony of his character is he's constantly shouting in this movie about killing the past and he is the one character who cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But even then, like, like his, his his resolution in this movie to, um, uh, like he he wants to move on, he wants to abandon, and like even in that regards, like you've seen that killing Han Solo has changed him, mm-hmm. you know, and it 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 didn't change him in a way where he's like a different person but he's grown and like he's he's moved into a new phase you know in a way yeah i'm not exactly sure how to word what i want to say but like i don't know if this is what you mean but at least the way i saw a big part of that is like his desire to like kill the past is also him kind of saying to himself like because he struggles to, like, sort of... He doesn't admit it openly, but, like, hey, he killed his dad, and he's still kind of, like, fucked up by that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and, mean, just look at him at any point in this movie. <laughs> and, like, just the way, like, killing the past for him also means that he's like, okay, I'm at this point. Like, I'm a big bad. I did the thing. I killed my dad. Like, I'm at the point. Like, I'm worthy of all of this power and responsibility of, like, being this dark side apprentice guy and he doesn't have to cope with that if he just like ignores everything he, all he has to do is just like okay i'm at this point now he is invested and lost so much that like i i actually kind of hope that in the ninth movie that he doesn't turn and he never learns his lesson no yeah that, that the 
the point in this story where he could become good has passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's if they were to back down from that now, it would ruin everything. I want yeah. I want the point of this to be sometimes people look like they can be redeemed, but like they will just double down on being a shit and like you just mm-hmm. have to put them down for the greater good. Like, Luke yeah. Skywalker active. Well, it again, it, it's it's a subversion of Darth Vader. Yeah. In every way. Like, yeah. it is a literal subversion of... The, the thesis of the original Star Wars trilogy is being torn to threads by this movie. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. You know, oh, they're still good in you. No, he's a murderer. Yeah. He's not going to become a better person. He's evil. He wants to be evil. I think um, I thought this was weird at first. But one of the things I really appreciate now is that you have, like, Luke say that, um, like, line, like, hey, no one's lost forever, referencing Kylo. But he still goes through with it and, like, fights him. Yeah. Like, I think that's really strong. Like, even though he's like, maybe you can be saved, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's worth it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could be redeemed, but you're not going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, can I also say the one, since we're talking more about Salt Planet stuff, can I say the one corporate thing that, like, I immediately knew some exec was like, you have to do this? So just so that everyone's aware it's not Hoth, we need to have a random soldier (laughs) taste the ground and go, it's salt. I I thought that was weird. I I mean, I wouldn't have figured out it was salt. Now, I do like that the guy to his right looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) But, like, it's so clear that that was not supposed to be in that movie, and they're just like, (laughs) fuck, people are gonna think it's snow. (laughs) I think they could have just put that in there when, like, they mentioned the, oh, this is old rebel-based technology. They could have said, like, on this salt planet. Yeah. Yeah. I think the weirdest bit of that dude tasting it is, like, he didn't grab it from around the place where <laughs> he, like, the man for stepped. It. Yeah, he specifically took like the salt from the place his superior stepped on. Yeah, I was. Uh, I will admit, at, at first, visually, I was confused because I thought like he was leaving a bloody footprint behind. I, I did too. Yeah, I thought it was blood at first. Um. Also, did you guys catch that? There's foreshadowing that Luke is a uh, projection with that. No, I didn't. I totally didn't. If you look when Luke's walking on the salt, he doesn't leave red. Oh, fuck. Oh, this movie's really good. Yeah. God. Um, also, like, hey, this movie introduces you to the idea of force projection through Kylo Ren and Rey's connection. Yeah? Yeah. It does. I like that one scene where, like, Ray's like, can you put a shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> oh and then um when it, they do it the first time kylo ren was surprised oh, oh dear. because he's like this this would kill you if you were doing it yourself to project over this distance yeah and hey oh fuck hey God, this is such a good movie uh, fuck <laughs> there is i man i'm excited to see this a second time me too. Um, to talk more about how Kylo Ren is the perfect character, the fucking emotion behind him ordering them to fire at Luke. Ooh. Yeah. 
there's so much there. He's so bad. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I love how the big turning point of this... Because, honestly, like, I've seen a lot of... Another thing a lot of nerds are mad about. They're like, the lightsaber movie... Like, the lightsaber fight in this sucks. And it's like, it's because it's not a fight. Luke is just trolling Kylo Ren so he looks like an... One, so the other people can get away, and two, so he embarrasses himself in front of everyone. That's all that Luke wanted to do, was to just show Kylo Ren, like, you suck, dude. Like, that's If he fought him, the the reveal and the ruse is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so clear at any point during that scene that Luke could have just killed him. Yeah. But, like, hey, that's why he couldn't have, because, like, he's not there, and that's... That's why the scene works the way it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to point out, so this was tweeted like a few hours ago um, by Hideo Kojima. <clears throat> Saw Star Wars The Last Jedi. I was so thrilled to see Adam Driver holding the sword in a backhand grip. Did he? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> that. That's all he said. <laughs> Ray did it at one point, too. Yeah. Um, I also love... <laughs> so this is one of my favorite things about him fighting in uh, Force Awakens, but, like, he is a fucking berserker. Mm-hmm. Like, he fights, like, Guts from Berserk or, like, Siegfried or Nightmare from Soul Calibur. He is swinging yeah. a fucking gigantic Zweihander. Yeah. He oh, is... I mean... Yeah. He... I'm pretty sure I said it on the last podcast, too, but I love the fact that his lightsaber being, like barely contained yeah you know like so good it's wild and also too like he is not the cold and calculating vader he is not the like emotionless killer he is the screaming tantrum yeah Mm -hmm. even after he becomes emperor yeah you know Mm -hmm. um uh, man one of my favorite like little subtle touches is in that force awakens fight scene where like i think like I think, like, Finn or Ray, like, cut his side a little bit. He he got shot with yeah, he um, got, he the got crossbow. Shot. Yeah, that's right. He he gets shot by, the, like, the crossbow thing, and he just starts pounding on the side of yeah! his wound. And he's, like, hyping himself up to fight yeah. more. Like, I love that detail so much. Man, well, because I... what it is is he's using the adrenaline from that. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Well, like, not only that, but, like, I kind of thought thought of that as, like, oh, that's, like, a dark side thing of, like, he's, like, channeling the pain to give him more power. Sort of, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he's getting himself pissed, so he's fighting better. I, I didn't get to say it's, this it's earlier. Really cool. But, like, when Matt was talking about how Kylo Ren is all about, like, killing the past and, like, he killed his dad. The fact that he actually says the words, like, kill the past if you have to, yeah. is like, oh, man, what a what a justification. Like, mm-hmm. like he's saying it to himself, you know? I feel like yeah. maybe some other people had this problem. Kill the past is, like, the name of, like the Suda 51 like pseudo series of games that are like killer seven and like a few other ones like hold on let me look it up but like i just kept thinking of fucking no more heroes whenever he would say that <laughs> all right this is on par with me and the Battlestar galactica thing yeah honestly <laughs> yeah kill the past is made up of twilight syndrome moonlight syndrome silver case killer seven flower sun rain all that shit i've heard of one of those. 
Me too. No more heroes. Yeah. Well, there's no more heroes in this Star Wars movie, that's for sure. No. Or um, is there? No. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Um. Hmm. Oh, do we want to talk about Finn almost dying and then Rose saving him? For a very split second, I actually thought he might die. Same. Me too. Which I, I, in any other movie, I would have not felt any tension there, but he got a little too close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here, here was my thing. I thought he might die, and then I immediately, my mind went to, oh, they're killing the black guy first. That's really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to be fair, it wouldn't be first. Um, of the main three, at least, but, um, yeah, that's true. Um, but then when Rose smashed into, oh, you know what, actually, this is, okay, this is just as bad as the Battlestar Galactica shit, and the kill kill the past thing. So neither of you probably know this. Do y'all know about Rose from Street Fighter? No. No. So, Rose and I didn't know who Ryu was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, Rose is a character from Street Fighter who's kind of like a good, like, she uses the same power source that M. Bison uses. And M. Bison has this weird, like, invincibility, like, kind of like reincarnation invincibility shit. And she has that too. And, like, I can't remember exactly the mechanics of it, but, like, she can't. Like, M. Bison would be dead for good if Rose, like, just died or something to that effect. I don't remember exactly how it works. But part of her character in 4 is Guy from Final Fight, like, fighting Rose and being like, you can't just kill yourself to make things better. Like, that's actually really fucked up. You should try to find a way to live and do the good thing you want to do. Like, you're not getting out of this that easily. And she has to learn to be like, yeah, maybe, like, maybe I need to, like, this would be the easy way out. And I kind of feel like that's what Finn went through there with, ironically, a character called Rose. Um, where she was like, no, like, you need to be alive, you know? So... And it, I mentioned it earlier, but, like, the line is super sappy, but her her big moment is actually pretty touching. Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, I talked to one of my best friends about the movie, too. Um, I, I've referenced her before, but, like, she lives in Japan. Uh, she was very thrilled to have a woman of color get a big emotional scene. Dude, I was so happy about that. Yeah, and like, hey, it's about fucking time. And I know there's well, probably a bunch of people that... I, I can already imagine there's probably a bunch of, like, shitty anal people that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah for diversity. And it's like, yeah, good. Yeah. Good! <laughs> good, yeah. I, I am so happy that Star Wars has become a diverse thing because yeah. it, it has always been about, like, you know, and, and inspiring and, and all that shit. And guess what? The First Order is made up entirely of white people, and that's not a coincidence. Yeah. Well, to be fair, so is the Empire. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, those movie had those movies had one black person. Yeah. Per trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. 
Um, no, but like, okay, so I totally like feel the same way about that rose thing. Like, I I was like when I when I saw the Force Awakens, like I was really happy that like, hey, we have like a black character and a woman as like one of the main like trio. But then like, those are also like, it's not that it means less, but. If you're gonna get a diverse option, you're gonna get a black guy and a woman. And seeing like them go even beyond that, like like more Asian actresses and like Hispanics and like it's just it really feels good to see that. Especially in a year where fucking like I feel like we got so much whitewashed shit <laughs> yeah. that like things from like things that took place in Asia or, like, were otherwise Asian-themed that were just, like, nah. And, like, even mm-hmm. going beyond, like, the anime thing, like, there was that Great Wall movie oh, yeah. starring some white dude, I can't even remember who that was. It's Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah, like, what a, yeah, make a Great Wall of China movie starring Matt fucking Damon, what a genius idea, oh my god. I love Gods of Egypt with no Egyptians. <laughs> yeah. Same director as The Crow. Oh! I'm... Yeah, I was really depressed when I learned that. Oh! I... I man, Matt, you don't even know. I had an experience when I looked up that... Like, I was like, what, what else did the dude who directed The Crow direct? And I learned he had directed Dark City, which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite movies. And he also directed Gods of Egypt... <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this man's filmography? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I did not expect that ever. Nope. I don't know. Like, that, this Star Wars being... Star Wars has always been this, but now it's, like, extremely this thing. And it makes me really happy. This is a thing that I'm going to be excited to show, like, my kids, you know? Yeah. Because, like, it's legit at this point, like, you can be a good person and a hero. You just gotta, like... But also, too, like, not... Like, the one thing I noticed, the children in my audience seemed a little bored with this one. And, like... I I can buy that. Um, I, I can see that. I think maybe, I honestly, like, I think this is maybe a movie you show them when they get more into, like, that, like, 10 to 12, maybe even a little bit older range. Mm. Um, And I, even, like, if you think, I remember people talking about The Force Awakens, one of the first shots you see in that movie is of a bloody Stormtrooper helmet. And, like, I remember reading all the articles, like, I mean, if you think about it, Maybe this movie, marketing-wise, maybe this movie is for children, but what this movie is really going for is the people that grew up with Star Wars, you know? But I I like the idea of this maybe being the thing that you, like, show your kids the OGs, and then, like, when they're a little bit older... And you can watch the prequel trilogy with them. Yes, and then when they're even older, you can watch this. (laughs) And this is, like, a super side note, and I know a lot of... So one of the core themes of, of The Last Jedi is letting go of the past and subverting your expectations on Luke Skywalker literally saying this isn't going to go the way you think. And mm, in a yeah. lot of ways, it's even a critique of the original trilogy. Um, 
that being said, um, one thing I was thinking about in regards to the original trilogy of Star Wars is like those movies are timeless in a very special way. And I realized this when I was talking with my mom and we both were like, oh, yeah, we both grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I have some stuff to say about this once you're done. No, that that's it. It's just like oh. both me and my mother grew up with these movies, you know, like yeah. what a timeless thing. Well, no. oh, like, God. oh, yeah, yeah, Matt, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's just I, I have very strong feelings about this because watching The Force Awakens that was it like that was an event like spanning three generations and that's just that was such a special thing like i grew up with star wars my mom grew up with star wars like there are kids like who are now about to grow up with star wars in that theater with me on mm-hmm. like the thursday night at the earliest showtime that movie's coming out that and that's so special that that was one of the things. This will go against the whole like maybe wait till they're older thing. But like when I watched The Force Awakens, like I kept not gonna lie, I got a little teary eyed like towards the end because I'm like, man, I had to grow up like our generation at our age. We grew up with the fucking prequels. <laughs> these kids are getting it so much. Like these kids are growing up with good Star Wars, and they don't have to go through the pain of growing up and realizing, oh, maybe those aren't as cool as we thought they were. <laughs> man. So this is going to speak both to this and to the, like, hey, having diverse heroes is a good thing bit. And, like, all right, I get pretty pretty cynical because I see a lot of shitty kids at my job. But, like, one thing a couple of days ago that just, like, warmed my heart was this adorable little girl running in full excitement when she saw that we had a fucking Ray figure. Like a Ray action doll. I had the same moment last week. This kid was really excited. We had, like, a Leia toy. Yeah, man. Just, like... I... <laughs> I um, so good. I, I don't have that. I just had that, like, two rows down from where I... I sat, like, basically, like, flat middle in this theater. And luckily, it was, like, a packed theater, but the people who had tickets to my left and my right both didn't show up. So I had more room than I anticipated. Um, but two rows down from me, there was this little kid in a Minecraft shirt who brought a Stormtrooper <laughs> toy, and he kept raising the Stormtrooper toy in the air during the movie and, like, kind of blocking the bottom of the... Fr- and, like, his, like, mom kept trying to like lower his head and like he wasn't having none of it for like 10 minutes it was so fucking funny man that's I the guess worst that's the... but it makes me really happy yeah i mean it, it was just version. like a little like slight you could kind of see it at the bottom it was blocking mm-hmm. a little bit of the bottom but like the people yeah. ab- like it was just because of where i was sitting like the row behind and uh, mm-hmm. like they couldn't have even noticed probably nah check out my sick joke though that's a better version of the guy that brought the writer figure to Heaven's Feel. No. <laughs> Please watch our previous podcast episode for the joke. Speaking of children, we're so close to wrapping up the plot synopsis. Yeah. Um. So, one of my predictions for the movie was, oh, the last shot is going to be Luke fading away like Yoda. Um, I was close, and when I saw Luke fade away, and then there was more movie, I was like, oh man, there should, that should have been the last shot. 
and then I saw what the last bit of the movie was, and I went, no, I'm super wrong. <laughs> because the entire point of the movie is the next generation, so of course, yep. and with the little kid casually using the force, yep. and looking up at the sky at the shooting ship. People actually didn't catch that. I don't know how. There are people who just weren't looking at it because to be to be fair, it's subtle. It's subtle, yeah. It's but so there subtle, especially when they had notice. that Luke Skywalker toy. But like, honestly, <laughs> I'm happy I caught that shit with the scripture books. Like, there's shit in this movie that like you ain't gonna see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just like, yeah, the idea of like, in the the fact that the movie ends with literally a new generation being inspired to hope and rebellion and casually using the force to say it's not over, you know? Like, there's there's a lot in that one scene, you know? Mm-hmm. The the ring with the rebel symbol, obviously. Yeah. The, just the idea of, like, well, you know, how do we rebuild the rebellion and then, like, well, you lit that spark. How many times in this fucking movie do they talk about where, like, the Lighty, spark the that'll spark. light the flame, you yeah. know? Oof. Um. So, I will say, during that one scene, I thought of you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought of you two in particular. I'm sorry. Because of a Skype call I was not in, but I've thought a lot about where the kid starts playing with the little shit toy and goes, Wuta Chang Fa, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I, I, I almost opened my introduction with this podcast by speaking in that, but I couldn't pull it up fast enough. Because God, these two God, fuckers so annoyed one of my other, uh, yes, my other friend, not your guys' friend. Yeah, no, she <laughs> hates me. Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> These two I mean, fuck- she might now after the after the <laughs> language talk. After, after, yeah, uh, these two fuckers were in a Skype call I wasn't in late one night and started learning hoodies and annoying the fuck out of a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even have to learn it. All you gotta <laughs> do is just make the noise and the voice. <laughs> like it's fucking the <laughs> that one thing we were all talking about and i don't think any of us like we all had different reactions to it but like the bit in return of the jedi where it totally sounds like jabba the hutt's going silly jedi silly jedi <laughs> and like is he actually saying that or i, I don't he was i don't think he is it sounds so much like it yeah Oh, man. Ah, okay. Uh, So let's let's be... Oh, go ahead. I just want... We need to double back and talk about one thing that is very important. (laughs) And that is the fucking hyperspace kamikaze. Okay, I was about to bring that up. Because that's... Oh, carry on. Oh no! I think it's the best scene in the movie. It's so it's visually probably my favorite. Um, 
that is the second scene in the movie other than the Leia thing that looks like it is shot from something that is does not belong in the rest of the movie. It is anime as fuck, and I love it. Yeah, man, the whole, like, audience was so still. Yeah. Yeah. You could hear a pin drop in my theater. Yeah. Like, these movies are so loud, and that just moment of catharsis and just, like, taking a step back was just... It's so effective. You know what, purple hair lady? You weren't around long. I liked you by the end. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff could have been avoided if she had just, like, talked with Poe, but... (laughs) But I feel like that's part of the whole point, is, like, man, the Resistance kind of, like, they're infighting, and, like, they... yeah. They're not, like, oh, I have a new hot take. The oh. Resistance are the Democrats in the 2016 election. All right, I'm d- <laughs> Ron, this, this is the second time you've compared Star Wars to politics. I'm, I'm working on my, I'm working you've on. You've become what you hate. <laughs> I'm working on my, my fucking, uh, I don't know. I'm going to become a, a hot take writer for, like, some random movie site that's trying to get like clicks. Is this the dark side? Yeah. This is just like when Harry Snoke is Trump. Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Snoke is Voldemort who is Trump. Wait, then who's Kylo Ren? <laughs> Alex Jones? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alex Jones's red skin represents Kylo Ren's red lightsaber. Man, no, let's end this with the real best hot take. Kylo Ren has good hair. Yeah. It's it's flowing and beautiful. Man, so... okay, this is like a dumb problem, but his scar looks very clearly like it's just war paint. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It was, yeah. I like the look of it, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, man, that don't look like a fucking scar, I'm sorry. Oh, um, did you guys know that they deliberately tried to make Hux look older in this film? Nope. Because Something fell off, but I didn't realize that that was... They, I felt he looked more gingery. They they said that they they didn't like that people thought he looked... He wasn't supposed to give off the impression of being so young in Force Awakens, so they wanted to eat, look visually make him look like five years older in, For, uh, in The Last Jedi. I don't like that because I kind of like the idea of, like, man, the Empire's fucking dead and all these little, like, these young kids are taking the reins, you know? Like, like, these are the people that weren't around for the other shit and, like, they're they're the one who's, like, they're drinking the Kool-Aid now, you know? (laughs) I don't think I ever got the impression that he was a different age than Kylo Ren in either movie. I didn't either. I mean, I I always assumed the point was that they were both way too young, you know? Um, Yeah. You're never too young for genocide. Yeah. Oof. (laughs) Oof. When do you think that we're going to get a Tusken Raider slaughter again? I feel like we're reaching the point where we can go to emails. (laughs) Okay. Unless anyone has any closing thoughts on this incredible movie. It's really great. I hope the fanboys give it a second chance. I'm really tired of the takes of, like, oh, 
it's it's not what I expected it to be, and also, like, I don't know, I'm I'm tired of people that hated The Force Awakens for being a new hope again, go into this movie and be like, oh, it's not Star Wars-y enough, because, like, <laughs> fucking make up your mind, I don't know. Rosin, I, I've been talking about this for a while, but, like, I, I really, I really am continuously baffled and annoyed by the fact that people get so caught up in what they want things to be that they can never accept something being something else. Yeah. And like, hey, this movie is weird. I totally get if someone doesn't like it, depending on their reasoning. Because like I said, I think yeah. this movie is flawed. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. I like, I can even like see the people just being like, I didn't care what they did with Luke. Like, you know, like, but like the people that are up in arms furious about this movie, I will never... I don't think I'll ever get that. But if someone was just like, oh, like, I, I understand that reaction. Yeah. Like, uh, in in another world, you know, I could have not been able to get over my issues with the jokes, you know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. that that's a problem with this movie, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, even... You guys... Oh. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's some weird stuff, too, where, like... Actually, this is one thing I liked. I like the impression that, like... So, at the end of, like, Empire Strikes Back, they're like, oh, like, the Rebellion's in the fucking, like, bad spot. In this movie, it feels like both the Rebellion and the First Order are both in a really rough place. (laughs) Um, I didn't really get that impression for the First Order. Yeah, it's really just Snoke that... Well, I mean, they lost, like, that whole, like, big ship of theirs that was, like, their flagship, and they're stuck with Run as the leader, <laughs> was kind of... And they know that he's a laughing stock. you know? That, that's true. I, I I just get the... This is kind of one problem I have with the structure. Like, I think it's fine as a story itself, but mm-hmm. it's weird that the First Order's a thing, it, and it's this big... I I still feel like we don't logistically know enough about, like, how influential and powerful the First Order is versus how influential and powerful the Republic is versus how influential uh-huh. and powerful the Resistance is because the Resistance and the Republic aren't the same, which I still huh. think was a weird choice to make. They didn't mention the New Republic in this, did they? No. Um, I, I mean, forgot they got that fucking killed. Well, their capital got killed, but, like... Yeah, but that... So, uh, in Star Wars universe, they're dead. Because there is... They killed the heart of the Republic, and there are lines in this movie about how the Republic is dead. Yeah, that's true. I just forgot this. I, um... Yeah, I I mean, the whole whole crux of The Force Awakens' final act is that they blow up the... fucking you know heart of the republic yeah oh yeah um the only other thing i kind of feel weird about is um even though like the flagship like snoke's personal like giant thing got destroyed they still had like a lot of ships up there i was kind of surprised they only took as many walkers and stuff that they did for that final fight yeah because it kind of looked small in number too. Yeah. They should have brought more and had them be defeated with sticks and logs. Yes. By the crystal foxes. Those Man, things I, are cool. 
I, like I really them. like them, but they don't have that Star Wars design mentality, and they feel like they're from something they, else. They looked like they were from Pokemon to me, not gonna lie. I'll, I'll take them... I'll, they reminded me of the fucking things in Dark Souls 2, is the DLC. But um, I'll take them over the fucking Porgs any day. I I didn't mind Porgs, but I wish they didn't do the exact same, like, ah, thing, like four times in the same scene. Hey, I've got a story for you. Imagine, if you will, you worked at, let's say, a GameStop. And your GameStop has a lot of Star Wars merch all around. Imagine, if you will, there is a giant uh, animatronic pork toy in front of the register that every five seconds someone hits and it makes the noise. (laughs) And that there is another one to the side and then there's another one to the other side. And you're surrounded 24-7 by Porgs making that noise for about two to three weeks before this movie came out. I never want to see or hear those fucking things in my life again. Oh, (laughs) so that brings me into my next take. The Porgs are libertarians. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to emails, Rossin. Man, those things looked weird next to the practical effects. Yeah. Man, it was kind of fucked up how Chewbacca killed and almost ate one, though. <laughs> like, hey, even if he didn't eat it, he still killed it and cooked it. Dude, okay, so I kind of forgot that Rey at the end of Force Awakens took the Falcon with Chewie to the <laughs> island. Too. So then when Chewie shows up at first in the movie, it looks like, Chewie, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, he would be there. <laughs> And then R2-D2 was just sleeping on the ship. It's super weird that R2-D2 has such a small role. Oh, um... I love how they bait you with the, oh, Luke landed his X-Wing in the water thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he's gonna lift it. No. The only think about that. The only real nostalgia baity thing is the, like, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. It looks like, oh, that's a cheap, like, you know... I like that, that a lot. I that's like another that. joke that I didn't like, though. Oh, I, I, okay. I dug it. So, I didn't think it needed to be there, but if it was there, it should have been at the end of the loop. They shouldn't have cut the loop. Like, like the hologram Leia's dialogue. If he was, if he had to have the joke of saying that was a cheap shot, it should have been after the whole thing. <laughs> I know that's a weird thing to, to pick apart, but... I didn't like the way that they threw the joke in the middle of the hologram. Like, they couldn't, <laughs> like, don't worry, we know it's a joke. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I think that little bit just hit the same sweet spot that all of the stuff from Force Awakens did for me. Mm. Also, um, I just want, before we move on to emails, the, the thing that I think might be one of the most powerful things in the movie for me. So when Kylo looks down on the chained dice and they just fade away. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> oh. Anyways. I kind of forgot those were Han's dice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, right. So Anonymous asks, what do you guys think they're going to do for episode nine? Do you think it's going to start right when this one ended? Or do you think there will be a time skip? I can so, see a light time skip. I yeah. can see a light time skip because I feel like they maybe need to build up the resistance a little bit. Like yeah. I, I feel, I feel like 
they're going to start the movie and be like, oh, some of the planets got our beacon and decided to help out after Luke sparked their hope or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When I came out of this movie, I didn't know what that ninth movie was going to be. I'm morbidly curious. So there's there's one thing I hope. I hope we see Snoke come back as a Force ghost and fuck with Ren. Just because we've never seen a dark side Force ghost before. And I really like the idea of him just being around just to, like, give Ren shit. (laughs) I feel the opposite. I like the idea of Snoke being so fucking irrelevant that he's never seen or talked about again. Yeah, I like that too. I'm happy with either or. I think I would really enjoy it if he came back as a Force ghost to do that, but I don't think he should. Yeah. Part of my thing with Snoke is that I'm actually super on board for him being nothing, but also similar to the way I feel about the First Order kind of being weirdly a big thing. I'd like to know how he got there. I don't yeah. need to know, like I don't need him to be someone. I just kind of like to know, even if it's it's just like a plot thing for me rather than. Because he's very familiar about the whole Skywalker family, and, like, I think there's, like, a line where, like, he saw, like, the Republic fall, so, like, he's been around since the prequels in some form, like, what the fuck is he doing? If I remember correctly, there's also, like, this little thing in some piece of media where the Emperor, like, senses some greater power that's implied to be Snoke. At least that's what people thought. Which is why, like, a lot of people were mad about The Last Jedi. Like, hey, if that is supposed to be him... I Like like I said, I don't need him to be someone, but I'd like to know at least a little more. Don't worry, there'll be a, gen- like, there'll be a Snoke book at some point. <laughs> Probably. You know what? I might read it. Fuck it. Side note, I learned that there is an expanded universe novel that's the teenage years of Palpatine. Oh, no. God. And I read the summary, and it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Did you know that Palpatine used to do illegal street races as a child? Oh. And he killed another kid in one, and then his parents covered for him because they had money. This is this podcast revelation equivalent to, like, the evil R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah. I heard that story was good, which really weirded me out. The the evil R2-D2 and C-3PO? Yeah. Dude, I have those comics now, and I am morbidly curious because everyone and their mother says that Darth Vader comic series is fucking great. Yeah. And, like, I need to know now. So... They're they're uh-huh. on sale for like ninety three percent off on Comixology right now. Ooh, yeah. So I just picked up a lot of like the Marvel Star Wars shit. Mm-hmm. So going back to Episode Nine, um, one thing I really really liked about this movie, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, is that um, this sequel trilogy was always going to mirror and call back to the original. That's just there was no way it wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they made a point to have this one be both Empire and Jedi yeah. because it's now done and it fits so well with the themes of episode 9 is going to be new we're moving on from that yeah 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 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't have any predictions because I don't know. I'm like fully willing to be surprised. And how by fucking anything. awesome is that that we can say that about Star Wars? I know, like a, a Disney owned Star Wars. The, the only thing is, I I really do feel like Kylo Ren will not be redeemed, and I think I, I think I'm gonna be bummed if he is. I, I really feel like that ship has sailed. That was the that was part of the point of this movie. Yeah, I, I think. In terms of narrative, yes, it has, but, like, hey, they might try it. It, it, it. There's always that, like, fear of a corporate suit being, like, that's not very Star Wars if the bad guy doesn't get redeemed, you know, that I'm worried about. But we'll see. I, I hope I hope we continue with this course, though. I don't know what that movie's going to be. I don't either. Uh, I hope Finn and Rose get a little bit more. I think yeah. Poe, I, I like what Poe's character stuff was in this movie, um, but I, I still feel like Finn hasn't reached his full potential, storytelling-wise, in either of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I want I want more of Rose, because I, I like both of them, but I just, yeah. like Matt said earlier, I want to like them more, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I, my thing is, Finn has, like, a conclusion to an arc in this movie, but he doesn't have an arc. We totally didn't reference the Phasma thing. Okay. I feel <laughs> like... To be fair, it was kind I mean, of nothing. Yeah, Phasma's the Boba Fett of this, except it's, like, less effective, even though they're basically the same role in terms of popularity, at least. Yeah. But, like, hey, they thought her toothpick weapon looked a lot cooler than it did. They really did. Um... Not gonna lie, I kind of hope she shows up in nine. <laughs> I, I I think it's okay if she doesn't though. Yeah, like um, the Phasma thing. Like she got a fight; it was quick, but at least she got one. Um, I will say though that Finn's uh, Finn's comeback of yeah, rebel scum. Yeah, super solid. That's really good. (laughs) I just like the idea of her doing the thing where it's like you fell into like this giant fiery explosion. She's like, no, I'm cool, though. Yeah, no, Boba (laughs) Fett totally survived the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, dude, if we got an in-movie version of that bullshit, I would love it. Okay, hold on, though. What if episode nine starts with Captain Phasma being saved by Boba Fett? (laughs) Dude, honestly, um... When the anthology movies were, like, being pitched around or whatever, one of the ideas that I thought could be super strong, but they'll never fucking do it, would be an R-rated Boba Fett heist movie. Yeah. Like, he just needs to steal some shit. And I'm like, that would be, like... Like, if they did some Ocean's Eleven shit with Boba Fett, that'd be rad as fuck, but they never will. Uh, Man, I super don't care about the Han Solo prequel. (laughs) I... Dude, that comes out in May. What? what? Okay. No, I, I think was... it got pushed back. Uh-uh. I was going to the theater, and I saw the poster there, and I didn't know that it was a May May 26th, I think it was. I'm going to look this up right now. I'm looking it up. Yeah, it's May 25th. Oh my God. Okay, no, and if no. you guys remember, no, you know what happened? Well, the Rogue direct One got pushed back. Oh. oh. Well, also... Rogue Rogue One got pushed back for the reshoots, which people 
said apparently made the film lighter, so I'm real curious to see what the fuck that first cut would look like. Um, it's too soon. Yeah. No one, no one's gonna care. It's way too soon after this. Hey, you know okay. what else is like that month? I'm pretty sure Avengers is. I'm pretty Man. sure Infinity War is that same. Well, okay, so I, I was saying this before with someone else, but like, how tragic is it that the whole point of this movie was moving on from the past and starting something new, and the yeah. next thing we're gonna get is a Han Solo prequel? Well, yeah. fucking, wasn't the original director kicked off because he made something too original, basically? <sighs> yeah, uh, Phil did, Lord did, and did, Christopher yeah. Miller... Uh, were doing shit, and then the pair left the project in June 2017 after reportedly being fired over quote-unquote creative differences. Now, I remember reading an article somewhere that their take on Han Solo was too humorous for what Lucasfilm wanted. I wonder what the fuck that movie would have looked like. Um... To be fair, creative differences is the catch-all term for we don't want to tell you what happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure that movie's gonna be, like, okay in the same way that MCU movies are okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, studi- the, the studio will not let that be bad. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm gonna see it, honestly. I have to. I don't. I. I don't know. I don't care. I feel like. I feel like if someone wants to go with me, I'll be like, yeah, you know. But like, I. I'll go with you. Okay, All let's right. go. I'll drive up. Yeah, hell yeah. We're only like and hours upon hours away. <laughs> after this movie, especially, like the idea of a Han Solo prequel is just gross to me. The only thing, kind of want to see what Donald Glover does with uh, Lando. I think that's an interesting casting choice. Yeah, he's alright. Maybe they'll go on a quest to find the fourth black person in that universe. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what, the, what the fuck? Amelia Clark is in this movie? What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. <sighs> that's weird. Um, Let's see what that movie is. Should we do the next email? I kind of forgot we were doing emails. Thank you, Anonymous. So this one's actually uh, one that I threw in here that was from, like, November 19th, and I think was just a late entry for the um, last time we podcasted. So this one's from UT. And uh, he says, why do you think Disney XD is doing moderately well at being YouTube uh, light, doing LPs and video game stuff, and why G4 got shut down when they sort of tried to do it first? One of those things is owned by Disney. Yeah. Also, G4, I feel like, was too dude bro-y. Like, it was too Spike. G4 didn't know what it wanted to be and like nope. there's there's so much like you could go and and hear testimonies from people who were involved at the time but like g4 got run to the ground by a president that wanted to turn it into something it wasn't 
Remember yeah. when G... Okay, so I never had G4 at my home, but every time I was at a hotel, I would turn it on just to see, even though I didn't really like it. Um, And I remember towards the end there, every time I was at a hotel and I turned on G4, it was cops reruns. Yep, cops <laughs> reruns, Um, the fucking, like, cheaters show. Well, like, what we was, will like, catch your boyfriend cheating on you. Or, like, Code Monkeys like, or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, or, or the fucking, like, American Gladiator or whatever. Like, I don't yeah. fucking know. Like, it, it, it was just a bunch of, like, garbage reject, like, scraped from the bottom of the barrel television that they threw into a fucking, like, container and let sit there. Also, and, like... Oh. Also, I would argue that that was at a time where, um... YouTube wasn't that big of a thing and that culture wasn't there yet. Disney XD is post-YouTube and streamer culture, so they know that little kids love that shit and they know how to adjust and plan accordingly. Yeah. Also, actually, like, I'm pretty sure that channel has been going for years just with actual TV and they added this as, like, they a did. certain block. They did. So it's established and they know kids are watching it anyway, so just putting different stuff in there to retain and gain different audiences. Yeah, I think it's majoritively not gaming-oriented. I'm pretty sure it's just different, like, specific subsets of the shows they make. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Thanks for the email. This one's from Julian. This is the first of many... Let's just read all the Julian emails off in a row. <laughs> so the first one says, hey, it's Julian. Got a couple cues for you guys. One, how do you feel about the Carrie Fisher doing the Force thing to bring yourself back onto the ship? Think I you... don't think I said this, but I thought it looked really bad. Yeah, I, I said it looked out of place. Zach, how did you feel about it? Uh, It looked awkward, but I liked the idea for using the Force. Yeah, I, I, like, too. I like the idea more than I did the... Me too. Actual representation in the movie. I, I'm gonna be honest. I laughed a little when it happened because it was ooh. It's a little court. She she looked like she was doing a Man of Steel. Yeah. Well, because I know like this is kind of gonna happen because one, they're in space, and two, they're using magic. But that motion had no weight to it. Yeah. It looked really awkward. Well, I think part of it was like she had her arm out. In like a really weird way too, and like mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I don't know. Two, the force seems to be getting stronger and stronger with each subsequent movie. Subsequent, I said it right. Anyways, do you guys think this has been a good thing? I'm still thinking about whether or not I like that. Uh, I, I kind of dig it, honestly. Th- there's, there's a lot of talk about like. An awakening in the force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an awakening in the force. But also, like, the way Ray talks about it and the way Luke is now afraid of it. And, you, you know, there's. It honestly feels like nobody really understands why or. And, and that may not ever be answered, but I think that it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily intentional, but I think it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I I think I thought about this a lot during the movie and I don't I feel very mixed on it because on one hand it's weird to see it be this strong when you think about like We're getting what anime. the prequels were yeah 
I don't think it's necessarily bad either. It's just different and interesting. I like the idea that as the like the philosophies of the representatives of the light and dark like philosophically grow stronger, so do their powers in a weird way. Like as I... as they get more nuanced in their understanding and thinking, like their shit, like their understanding mm-hmm. of how to wield it too grows. Yeah. I think that's one of the strongest things about the original trilogy where like force lightning happens for the first time in um I almost said Revenge of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi. And like that's exactly what it is. Like it's taken so far in like sort of the end of the dark side of the force or whatever. So like he has this power that you've never seen before. How do yeah. you feel, Zach? I said it already. Okay. <laughs> so, it's getting late. So, I have a friend who's super into movies and director styles and stuff. He said he was really excited about Ryan Johnson directing this movie because he's really good at subverting the audience's expectations. Stuff in the movie like Luke's ship on the island not being used and him just being a projection and Snoke dying much earlier than expected really threw people off. I personally loved that stuff. With J.J. Abrams being sort of hit or miss for a lot of people, how do you feel about him coming back and doing episode 9? Um, so, one thing I want to say is, again, people have a, like, it, it's a problem in our society where we want to attribute entire works to one person, and I'm not trying to downplay the importance of a director, but also give props to the writers and the producers and all the people that had a hand in crafting that story. And a lot of those people will be moving on to episode nine. So I don't think it's that much of a worry. I um, have a feeling that a lot of the a new hopeness of seven isn't as much JJ Abrams doing as people think it is. No, absolutely not. And that being said, I think that th- there is a very clear style to this movie. That is like, there's a lot of close ups of faces. There's a lot of, raw emotional directing and i think that his personal style um you and like i i've seen uh you know other movies by him and that that is very him um it worked for this story i think that jj abrams coming back to tell the next one is fine because we don't need to have nine be like eight because i don't think anything else could be like eight yeah like I like mm-hmm. Force Awakens. I'm, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's one I, of my favorite movies. I think they've also set it up in a way where that movie can't just be Return of the Jedi, like Zach said. So... Yeah, no. The, the Return of the Jedi is over. It it it's been done. I mean, we literally had the throne room scene where Rey is looking at the ships. You know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people say that like. Because of the creative control they gave Ryan Johnson versus J.J. Abrams, like, that he was undoing a lot of the stuff J.J. wanted, but I don't think that's true. I think this is where he was going from the start. Yeah. I mean, like, the writers and the producers and stuff, like, uh, there's more hands in this movie than a director, and I I don't think that... I mean, and also, we've seen what happens when a director of a Star Wars movie exerts too much of their own control. Oh, they God. get fucking booted, so. I and, thought you were hey, talking J. about J. J. Abrams worked on this movie. No, I'm 
talking about the Han Solo. Yeah. But... Oh, I thought you yeah. were talking about Lucas too. No, no, that's not. I I bet they get booted when they, you know. Um, but yeah, also yeah, J.J. Abrams was a producer on this. So. Uh, follow up. How do you guys feel about Ryan Johnson being one of the main guys for the newly announced trilogy? Please make more of these, Ryan Johnson. I'm curious to see what the hell he wants to do. Like when, because yeah. it's very clear they were very happy about this movie, and they're like, "Hey, man, do your own shit now." Like open canvas, and I want to see what he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, my real thoughts on this is that it's weird that we're gonna be getting Star Wars movies until I die. Yeah, yeah. I've just kind of accepted it at this point, you know. <sighs> Because they can't all be bad. You know? It's gonna be milked to death, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. I... That's I just the reality. So mixed on it. Yeah. So, I, I have this thing where it's, like, I know, I know for a fact that in a couple years I will be sick of Star Wars. Yeah, I will absolutely. not want to see Star Wars. When I hear Star Wars music, I'll groan. When I see Star Wars toys, I'll roll my eyes. When I hear about, oh, we've got another seventh movie coming, you know, it it will be too much and I will be sick of it, but it's not right now. And I'm just going to enjoy basking and loving Star Wars for the moment while I can. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, like, for me, as someone who's always played the games, like when I was younger, I read the books and shit. I haven't done that for a fucking while. Um, and, like, I watched that, like, the OG Clone Wars cartoon done by the fucking Samurai Jack people, not the weird... That one's super good. Yeah, it's super great. Like, I've always, like, dabbled in there being more Star Wars, and I hope that they treat the not mainline movies like that, where it's like, hey, this is where we pitch some of our other ideas, you know? But also, too, I'm worried that they're gonna be a little too safe. Honestly, if they, if uh, maybe not for you guys, but like if they're Rogue One-ish enough, where it's like it's different enough, I'll be happy with it. Uh, I just don't like the idea that this franchise could get formulaic. Yeah, because I I really like this franchise. I hope that each of those, because like the Han Solo movie is obviously going to be a western. I hope they keep playing around with the genres of those. Like I don't want any of those movies to be like ah, it's an event, like it's an adventure, you know. Like Rogue One was like kind of a war thing. I want Han Solo to be kind of a western thing. That'd be cool. Next one could be like a romantic comedy about like that blue elephant guy from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no, the, the Obi Wan prequel movie. What, even though I just talked about how much it's good that they got rid of all of this old stuff. What if Ryan Johnson's uh next like movie trilogy is actually gonna be like The Godfather, but with Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> all right, no, okay. I've I've got it. I've got what the new direction for Star Wars is gonna be. Right? What if we just make another movie set in the prequel trilogy? Dude, that's gonna I, happen at some point. What if, if we just get like, hey, this is what happened between episodes one and two? I, dude, like, can you imagine if like they they felt the need to like 
like I I just want the bug things from like Geonosis to come back and have like a weird like fucked up like weird pseudo like Middle East conflict scene like the stormtroopers got in Rogue One cuz I think they'd look fucking goofy as fuck. <laughs> like I want the bug people from 2 to be treated super seriously as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks, Julian. Anyways, this one's from Julian. Uh, <laughs> I thought we did all of Julian. I, I did too. No. Uh, by the time the movie was ending, I was really enjoying it, but I wanted it to be over. It felt too long and had way too much going on. If you could change or remove a subplot or sequence from the movie, what would it be? I already said this. Yeah. I also agree. I did think it was going a little long by the end. And I, uh, but the thing is, I wouldn't want them to touch anything from the end. Yeah. I feel like that could be alleviated by cutting from the beginning. I think mm-hmm. the first half of the movie has some very clear pacing problems. Yeah. yeah. I um, I think my problem with that subplot is that I think it's fine that they weren't successful, but they didn't achieve anything meaningful either. Like, I don't think there was, like, a character development reward there that would have, like, offset the, the sort of feeling like, oh, they didn't really have any success there. Yeah. Like, I think it's just kind of something that happened. Yeah. And they could have they could have fit the kid in another way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have maybe spent a little less time on Casino Place. Less time in Casino Place, less goofy shenanigans on the island, and I think you could, uh, like, cutting a good 15 to 20 minutes from all that, and you're golden. Uh, number two, shirtless Kylo Ren. Thoughts? Pretty I'm really good. liking the, the joke going around that he totally knew that the telepathy thing was going to kick in, so he quick took his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. Let me yeah. just do a couple reps. Yeah. <laughs> Before I call Ray. <laughs> I mean, his mask is basically a vape thing. <laughs> so, the, thanks, Julian. This one's from Julian. Julian says, shit, I wanted to ask this question but forgot to include it in my last email. There were a lot of really cool shots and the cinematography was great. The moment when Luke stands and faces the AT-AT stuck in my mind throughout the end of the movie and even after. Were there any particular moments when the cinematography blew you guys away? Yeah, like the hyperspace kamikaze. Hey, first of all, thanks for reminding me of that shot. Yeah, that's really good. fantastic and I actually forgot about it. Yeah. I think another good one is like yeah that kamikaze and then when they're um pulling apart the lightsabers because hey you have these two characters that are such such strong foils for each other doing that it's really good yeah i agree thanks julian thanks so this one's from julian no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) this one is from scrafty hey Hey. Scrafty says, yo, Wafpers, I personally loved The Last Jedi, and I'm kind of baffled to see how much vitriol it's receiving online, particularly from the same salty nerds who lambasted The Force Awakens for being too much like A New Hope, yet criticized The Last Jedi for not being similar enough. 
What really gets me is this bizarre tweet thread by everyone's favorite extremely online film boy, Max Landis. Oh dear, I'm afraid to click this link. <laughs> uh, apparently he's arguing that Rose's actions at the end of the movie are psychotic, and he doesn't understand why she did what she did. Oh. It's clear that she loves him. And she doesn't want him, him to die. She <laughs> says that! It's it's No, but even beyond that, that's like part of the movie's major theming. Keep in mind, Max Landis is also the fucking genius that brought us the whole uh, Ray is a Mary Sue thing, so fuck him. It's his fault. Yeah, so. Uh, You gotta fuck up every movie? Yeah. And just go, like, listen to Katy Perry or whatever the fuck you do. This one's arguably stupider because it's really obvious. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh,. Then he says, what's your opinion on the hate that The Last Jedi has been met with, and what would you do to address it? Honestly, I just think give it time. I think people will come around, at least the ones that are open to thinking about things. I I, I totally think this is going to be the closest thing we get to a cinematic Metal Gear Solid 2 situation. Mm-hmm. People didn't get what they wanted, but they'll realize later on that it's still good regardless of them not getting what they wanted. Mm-hmm. No, I don't trust people. The solution is to give up and never try. Okay. Yeah. I oh gosh, I don't know. This movie's like it's this depending movie depending on No, go ahead. I, I was going to say this movie just solidifies my opinion of like man, I trust critical reception by professional reviewers more than I ever will audience general reception because they're so wrong on this <laughs> they are so think, wrong on this the critics were so fucking right this movie is great yeah like it i think this is one of the movies where it most depends on your reasoning for why you like or don't like the movie yeah because look at it like i think we've all said at this point i totally understand why someone would hate this movie yeah like it's got flaws and shit <laughs> Stay cool, Scrafty. Thanks, Scrafty. This one's from Bump a Dump. Uh, what are some games that came out this year that you don't think got enough attention? I did not play that many this year, honestly. See, like, my obvious one is Heat Signature, but, like, even then, like, I don't know. Like, that seems to be one of the standout indie games the more that people talk about it. Like, it's shown up on a lot of lists places, it looks like. So, um, I don't know if I have one. Honestly, this is gonna be stupid, because, like, it's not, like, it's not underrated, but I feel like Mario Cross Rabbids did get, like, looked over by a lot of people just because, like, Ugg Rabbids, but, like... It's a good-ass video game. It's not perfect, but it is a good-ass video game. Um, so this is gonna sound really stupid, but just give me Player one second Unknown's to explain. No, man, it's Fortnite. gonna sound it's gonna sound almost as stupid. Um, I honestly, truly believe that Resident Evil Seven deserved more attention and praise than it got. No, honestly, that's a good one. I it, agree. It came and went kind of fast. Like, a lot of people like it, but it's... And this is gonna sound kind of petty, 
I feel like it's a little bit of a shame that it got like written off and known as, oh, that's the good VR game. Because that game is a return to force for Resident Evil and survival horror as a genre. Dude, I have no attachment to Resident Evil. I think that game's awesome. Yeah, I hope that that sticks, though, because I am fed up with the current first-person indie game horror thing that, like, Amnesia started, and I'm so ready for something else to take over. Because, like, like, Amnesia-style horror, or, like, Outlast-style horror, has never done anything to make me feel anything. The the thing about Resident Evil 7 that's so good is that it, like it reinterprets that as an actual survival horror game. Because, like, there are some elements from more modern horror stuff in Resident Evil, especially, like, with the first-person camera view and everything. Yeah. But, like, it does it from the point of view of, like, no, we're gonna look at everything. We're taking everything that survival horror has ever been, picking and choosing the best bits from them, and then reinterpreting it in a new way. Hey, man. And, like, uh, fuck, man. <laughs> I'm still not spoiling. I... I mean, we want to use the time we plan we set aside for this podcast originally on Monday to figure out VR streaming shit. Yeah, sure, we can give that a test. That'll be fun. Walk through the beginning hour some more. Yeah, maybe maybe start the thing proper. Who knows? Nice. Yeah. It's, well, we'll have good. to test to see if it works. Yeah, we'll have to test first, obviously. Um, but yeah. Did, did you actually end up picking up the gold edition when it uh, price era to twenty yeah. bucks? Nice. Oh, okay. oh, not not. I didn't see that. When was that? Uh, a day or two ago. Oh no, I picked up I picked up Gold Edition like weeks back for thirty. Oh yeah, eh, close. So uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm sure that's a good price for that game. So. Uh-huh. Um, this last one is from Josh. Josh says, hey, Rosin, Zach, and Matt, have any of you ever seen Star Wars The Third Gathers Backstroke of the West? Yeah! I don't think so. <laughs> That's where do not want as a phrase comes from, Matt. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say oh. some shit right now. Um Matt, do you not is... know what Backstroke of the West is? No. What is this? Um so- Hell if I missed out on this. Zach, I feel like you should explain. Okay. (laughs) So, Backstroke of the West was someone found a uh, bootleg DVD. I think think Chinese bootleg DVD. It was Hong Kong bootleg of Revenge of the Sith, but importantly, it was leaked online a week before Revenge of the Sith proper was released in theaters. So... The movie was normal, but the subtitles had been translated from English to Chinese, then back to English, and it was all fucked up. Um, But it wasn't just a regular, like, machine translation fuck-up. It was done by hand. And you could tell that it was done by hand by people that had no idea what the fuck they were doing or what that movie was. Um, And it's baffling. It is baffling some of the things that are in it such as the jedi order is called the like presbyterian church (laughs) um uh anakin is called um oh fuck i forget what anakin is uh padme is called the plum of (laughs) and the 
the best part about it wasn't that. It was a couple of years later when mysteriously, no, no one knows who did it. Someone dubbed the entire movie. Oh. Um, I don't know how... So, like, it was uploaded in, like, bits and pieces to YouTube that were then taken down, re-uploaded to Vimeo. At some point, there was a torrent out there with the whole thing just placed over the movie in, like, HD. I don't know how easy it is now to find the dub, but I, I absolutely implore everyone to try to track it down because it is the funniest fucking thing in the world. And there are lines from the third gathers that I still say all the time. I've never heard of this before. The th- so the best part, though, is at the end where Darth Vader has the no moment that was translated to do not want. And that's where that meme comes from. Yep. I didn't know that's where that was from. Man, there are so many good lines in there that are so, so dumb. <laughs> Is you let her rebel me? And in the dub, hearing that... With, like, actually halfway decent voice actors in that dub, too. <laughs> it's so good to see them say that with conviction. I need to watch this really badly. You really do? It's, oh, it's a classic. I can't believe I didn't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I'm I've ever sat this. through the full thing, but, like, it's good. Oh, it's called Backshark of the West, by the way, because the Sith are called the West. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing this as, like, like so, cowboys or something. Sometimes, the Wild West. Sometimes Jedis are called Heroes Ground. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars aside, have you cooked, baked, or eaten anything interesting recently? I barely cook well. Uh, I, I cook every now and then. Um, nothing interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I made some, some, I, sometimes I make sauce and go all out on the sauce and then use the sauce for, like, three of the next meals, so I did that, like, a week or two ago. Oh, I heated up a nice bowl of rice and put Pringles in there. Yeah. I ate my sister's pancakes from a restaurant she went to. Nice. There's that. Don't ask about the Pringles rice. It was a moment of weakness. Oh, I made apple turnovers. let me forget that? Uh... Thanks and happy holidays to you and everyone listening to WAFP. Well, that's the final email. It's time for the email segment to end. The last email. Rosin. That won't be the last email. What's the last email? Zach, quick, sign one in. I'm trying. Oh, God. Type it in hotties. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, hey, Gaming Life with a Y network followed me on Twitter. Oh, God. Hold on. (sighs) Um... (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha
I compose? Do you know how to write an email? This program. What the fuck are you using? Uh, email? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are finally email at gmail.com. Happy holidays, everyone. Send your uh, fucking email. Send. Did you send it? I'm clicking. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to translate your email into hoodies using funtranslations.com. Julian writes. Oh, no. Did you send it? I mean, yeah, I sent it. All right, I translated it to Huddies. (laughs) All right. (laughs) This will not be the last team. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, that was the that was the email subject line. That wasn't what that that wasn't the actual email. That's just what the title was. Okay, let me translate the content of the email then. Yeah, you got to translate the content. Don't misrepresent my email. There's a lot in there for the actual content. Diwana Wanga. <laughs> oh. That's high in hoodies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Fuck you. Yeah. If you Thanks, fuck everyone. me now, I will always be with you, just like your. F- oh. No, never mind. See you around, (laughs) 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 Oh, that was an awkward way to end that one. (laughs) 